like a I voted sticker on your little lapel. I was saying earlier, why didn't I get, why didn't they give me one? Do they do that in England? Yeah, I think maybe either they don't do it or we just live in such a shitty small town that like they just no one cares yeah like no they didn't they give you a sticker that says who cares it doesn't matter yeah i can imagine in london that you get one but like here i didn't get there was it was very uneventful voting i what did you expect a drive-by by by tory voters (laughs) no well there was a drive-by by by Labour voters, though, which I'll get to. I'm talking about a drive-by shooting, yeah, I know not what a drive-by guy in a car about, with a speaker. I'm talking about an English... You just stole my thing. Did I just ruin this? The spoiler? I was talking about an English drive-by, politely telling you to vote for. Um, no, I thought there might be queues, just because at the time of day that it was... Um, yeah. It was before people get off work and school. Yeah, so maybe that's why there wasn't any kind of queue. There was one guy in front of me and then a woman arrived j- just after me. Um, and it was so, like, small as well. It's not even in the actual place. Like, it's in a church, but you don't go into the church, if you know what I mean. There's, like, a little reception area type foyer bit that's really small. Yeah. And that's where they have it set up. So you don't even go into the actual church. And really. by set up, you mean like four tables? It's yeah. Well, no, it's this really weird. Like it's like one table, and they've put these dividers. It's like a round table, and then there's a divider. So there's options for four people to vote at the same time. Yeah, she just gave me the thing. I voted, and that was it. Really, I mean, I asked her about the turnout, which. You, they, I, I don't think they're allowed to tell you that. Well, they didn't tell me specifically, but they were, I was just like, have there been many people? She was just like, yeah, it's been nice and steady. And then I, I took the chance to then ask if there'd been many young people. And she was just like, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's good. You were drilling her for information. And then How she many w- 18 to 26s? <laughs> What's the breakdown by race and class? Yeah. And then she said something about you young people like like derogatory no no no. in a in a like a positive thing like saying something about yeah we need you young people and i was like as i left i was like i'm not that young and then i tricked her you had that grin on your face like yeah yeah, another one tricked yeah i don't think i fall into the demographic of what's needed isn't it like 18 to 24 or something what do you the, mean, what's needed? You know how people are like, it's going to rest on the young people coming out because most young people are going to vote for, like, Labour or whatever? I think that demo is, like, 18 to 24. Right. So you're in it just about, and I'm not in it. Just about. How dare I'm you? I'm officially, like, an old person. When it comes to, like, bra- like age brackets on boxes and things, I'm, like, middle-aged. And I'm just on the precipice. <laughs> I'm, I'm clinging on for dear life. Yeah. So, yeah, so there was no sticker or anything. Um, well, I'm kind of sad about I know that I don't know what that says about me, that I needed a <laughs> sticker to, like... Um, You're young at heart. Yeah. You have the whimsy <laughs> in your soul. And then as I was leaving... I heard a car, like I speak, like some, like something coming from somewhere. I was kind of looking around, and then as it kind of got into earshot, it was like, "Vote Labour," in a very British. Yeah, weren't you saying he was doing it in like a slow, very yeah? Like I said, it wasn't like "Vote Labour," like get out and vote Labour because blah blah blah. It was "Vote Labour," "Vote 
blah 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 and then he said like, today the, is voting yeah. day please vote labor yeah. won't somebody please think of the future i was happy that it was labor though that i was hearing obviously um and we probably do live in quite a labor neighborhood if that makes sense i when i was walking up the street the other day i saw a house with a labor placard in their window oh you did that's cool. I don't know if that means anything. That's just one house on our street, so... I think it's pretty obvious I voted for Labour at this point. Um, and then I, I saw on Snapchat they have a I voted Labour filter. It's like a geo-filter, so it's obviously just for, like, UK or whatever. Um, <laughs> it would be strange if someone yeah. from, like, Alabama was like, I, I voted Labour today. I don't know why I felt today. the need to say that. Um And it's like, I voted Labour at the top, and then it's like that cartoon drawing of... Jeremy Corbyn that's on, like, those tote bags and stuff that Labour is selling. I'm not familiar with this. Um, and he's holding, like, a little flag. <clears throat> it's kind of adorable. He's holding a dagger to this country's heart. <laughs> hey! Goddamn socialist scum. You, get, you better get out right now. <laughs> this is a Corbyn household. I, uh, Be gone. You're banished. I, I thought it was cute. And also, if Labour are the only ones that have it. Um, is that Snapchat kind of... No, they, they had to pay to have it. I, they I saw paid like Snapchat. An artic- yeah, I saw like an article. Um, and obviously no one else has done it. But again, that's the labour in order to come close or need a win or whatever. is so they can get young people and that's right. a very young person thing. Um, Whereas the Conservatives are taking advertisements yeah. out at 11pm in between reruns of soap operas to catch the old people. In their natural habitat. In between infomercials for heart medicine and crappy exercise equipment. It's Theresa May reading a stilted (laughs) monologue. While I was looking this up, I saw that for like two days, for like 48 hours, um, after she'd called the snap election, obviously, there was like a Snapchat partnered with like the electoral... Um, people <laughs> sure <laughs> to like the body of government that handles yeah, voting and to stuff. make a filter on Snapchat for 48 hours to get people to register to vote, and that was what just after she called for the snap election. So that's interesting. The initial results will be out in like 15 minutes, and so we'll no, out. the exit polling, yeah, will that's be what out. I mean. I when I say that, I know that sounded like I meant real results, I meant like the initial. The exit polling is not like a hundred percent surefire, but it is a very yeah, good indication. I'm not sure when the actual There was no one there asking me who I voted for. Yeah. If you can imagine they didn't have an exit pollster in our tiny little Do you think neighborhood. people lie on those things because they're embarrassed or ashamed to say who they vote for? Or do you think people lie because they want the polls to look stupid? Probably a bit of both. Although I would question if you're too embarrassed to say, why did you agree to do the poll? Like, you don't have to do the poll. It's just a guy standing outside. Yeah, but as soon as you're asked the question, you've got to make the decision to answer or just walk away. Or say, I don't want to I would just walk away. You don't have to engage with them. But some people, it's like when you get stopped in the street by those people trying to make you sign something or, like, give money or whatever. And so many people stop just to say, no, I don't want to. And once you've stopped, they've got you. It's like they trap you in their yeah. tractor beam and That's, then you're yeah. open season. You're the prey. 
and they pounce on you and they say, but listen, Everything the children is, are suffering. You're so elaborate with your Hey, your, you married a verbose wordsmith. Did I marry you? You don't know about this. In my sleep? When you, I drugged you one night and I took your unconscious body to Vegas. Dark. And I went to one of those... What did we go to Vegas? drive through chapels and I got us married. If you get married in America... What's that place It doesn't for? count here, right? Of course it does. Does it? Yeah, you just have to have a marriage license. And it... That's international, so any country you go to, they will... Yeah, because my brother got married in America before he had a green card, and his marriage counts everywhere. How do you know? Because it just does. That doesn't make any sense to me. That's like saying if our parents went abroad, their marriage wouldn't be legal in a different country. Of course it is. I know that's what it's like saying. I just don't know whether that's true. No, of course it's true. Yeah, you're married... In one place, you're married everywhere. Smash Scripturus, Googling this 10 minutes later, and it's wrong. I I forget what it's called, but there's a place here that's not like Vegas, but it made me think of it. Blackpool? Is it Wales or Scotland? I can't remember. I think it's Scotland, where you only have to be like 15 or 16 to get married. That's disturbing. And so people used to go, Green, Glengree. Glengree? I don't know. It's bugging me that I can't remember. Greenwald. Yeah. Reporting on underage marriage. Yeah, so we got married when I was asleep. Yeah. Where's my ring? I gave you a special... Like, don't some people get them tattooed? Yeah. Why I got don't it... I have a tattoo? Is it invisible ink? Yeah, I got it tattooed. I knew you were going to say It's glow-in-the-dark ink. You have to turn all the lights sure. off. And it and glows. Then... No, that's not true. It's like one of those word rings where it's like a word tattooed around your finger and it just says regret. I missed the only part of a wedding that I would care about, to dress up. Yeah. Not any excuse to dress up, but I get. Oh, you were dressed up. You were dressed up yeah. in a I Heart Vegas T-shirt that I nabbed on the strip. Fifty dollars it cost me. Oh my god, this reminds me of a really like dark storyline on WWE years ago. This is a strange, strange tangent, but I'll allow where it. Where Triple H kidnaps Stephanie McMahon and takes her to Vegas to get married and they're at like one of those drive through things and she's in the passenger seat she's like bound and gagged passed out and they get and the the priest is like do you take this man and she's like no and he's like oh sounds sounds legit it was worse than that because she was just like asleep and the guy married them anyway of course it's TV he drew like like, eyes on her closed eyelids yeah it's still very dark considering they have like kids as fans of that well Wrestling is two guys beating yeah, the crap out of each other. Everyone knows it's fake, and I mean, they're not really like you know. Well, the storyline was fake too. Yeah, I know, but still, that doesn't stop people saying, "Oh, that's bad. You shouldn't tell kids, even though it's not real." Yeah, but those people are dumb. Those people are dumb. But yeah, so I voted today. If you can believe it, I did not. You did not. Do you want to say why you didn't? Listen to our previous episode and you'll find out my thoughts about representative democracy. Yeah, I'm like you. I don't like the system, but I have felt really strongly about this election and what's happening. Do you remember when I wasn't very well a few weeks ago and I just started crying and I was like... I can't believe Theresa May is a prime minister. I need to do something about it. And I'm only one person. I don't know how I could change it. Yeah. Do you remember? Not really. (laughs) 
Well, I will freely admit that I have not felt like probably since the referendum last year. Never before in my life have I really been into politics. Not into politics. I'm not one of those silly people who's like, I'm not into politics. But I just didn't vote. And there were various reasons why I didn't vote, which I won't go into. But um, That makes it sound a lot more mysterious and strange than it actually is. Maybe it was. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so you didn't... didn't I didn't vote. vote. I just, yeah. Like I said, I've discussed it before. I do find this election in particular interesting. I've enjoyed the political theatre, but electoral politics for me is just too silly and debased to take part in. Yeah. Whereas from your perspective, you're so afraid of Theresa May that it yeah. makes sense to vote for the other side. Pretty and much. that is the two party system. I know. Not that I'm against not that I voted Labour purely because I don't like Theresa May. I actually I'm pretty like aligned with most of what they Do you remember when you were like say. this is like Trump like we have, and I tried to tell you, it's always going to seem like it's Trump. That's the point of the two-party yeah. system. Even when it was Obama versus Romney, Romney was not an insane person by any stretch of the imagination. He was just a normal Republican politician. People back then were in hysterics about how crazy and evil this guy is. Yeah, but if he'd have become president, it wouldn't have been as bad as that now that Trump is president. Yeah, of course, but back then, yeah. people always whipped them up into a frenzy of, yeah. we have to vote Obama, get everyone out to, you know, to vote Obama because we can't let this guy get in. And then, of course, Trump comes around and we see how foolish that yeah. frenzy and that histrionics were. I guess I've never felt as strongly in terms of, like, against someone as I have Theresa May. She's just... I don't want to go into it too much because I will say bad, bad things about her. But um, We'll get the UK... Secret service on our asses. Yeah. Is there a secret service equivalent here? There's got to be. Like, is there a special branch that just bodyguards yeah. the prime minister and important politicians? Yeah, there's got to be. I know they're not as it's probably seen as important as, like, the president. But, yeah. Well, doesn't the queen have, like, mili- Like, she has, like, the military guard in her. I do not know. The people working at the palace and stuff, they're, like, soldiers. I don't think the prime the prime minister has that, but it's probably somewhere between secret service and police and secret service, maybe or something. We're just completely speculating yeah, with is, no knowledge. I do know about the soldier thing though, only purely because. One time you applied, you wanted to be a beef eater. What did I say? I think I saw a program. You wanted to but have also a towering I've been hat. To I visited. Um, they tell you like. I went to Tower Bridge and we went on like a tour and they tell like they tell you stories about that and like Buckingham Palace and when we went to Windsor it was similar and so they tell you like random facts about things that you're never going to use. This whole story could have been condensed into I went there one time and they told us. They told me some things. I know I'm saying this as a indulgently elaborate storyteller myself yeah. but you know. Sometimes you have to ramble a bit to get to the point, though, you know? You don't really know what you're going to say until you kind of... Say it. Yeah, precisely. And that's why we had to delete that whole segment when you went on a angry rant about 
bleep. I should have put a bleep noise yeah, in there. Have, that would have been good. <laughs> yeah. See, if this had been a video podcast, I guess you can't really bleep things out because surely someone can read your lips. Yeah. You have to put like a little block over your mouth, like a sensor bar. <laughs> they do that on something, I feel. Because otherwise you could bleep it out and be like, oh, no one knows that I made a reference to Mein Kampf admiringly. What? But then some lip reader in the YouTube comments will be like, this is yeah. what this guy said verbatim. And you're like, damn, video foiled me again. Someone's going to come along and say that you said something you didn't know and everyone's going to be like, oh, yeah. Cause, yeah, you know, that's true. There's always going to be like a group of people that will just believe the comment, the random comment in the YouTube comments or whatever. How many seeds of really wacky, out there, crazy conspiracy theories have been germinated from some back and forth in a YouTube comment stream? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Pizzagate, if I had to guess. I don't know what Pizzagate is. Uh, that was that whole debacle where, based on the leaked emails of Hillary Clinton and her circle... There was this belief that a pizza parlor in Washington, D.C. was a pedophile ring. Uh, okay, I remember this. And then some guy went there with an assault rifle and was like, I'm going to find it out. And then, of course, if you can imagine, there was no secret underground tunnel system with kidnapped children being used as sex slaves. <laughs> I know where the whole gate thing comes from. It originates with Watergate, right? But why gate? Like, what does that... like? Well, I remember I read something one time. I don't know whether this is... This is like one of those half-remembered factoids that you read. Yeah. And I think someone involved in like the PR cleanup crew for the whole Watergate thing came up with the idea of affixing the suffix gate to everything, like any minor scandal, to try and just flood people's mind share and make Watergate seem like it was just one of many scandals. Oh. As for why... In particular, gate. Well, you know, I don't know. It it was Watergate, and so people, I don't know, yeah. took the latter half of the word. No, I get that. Obviously, I just meant where does the gate thing come from originally? Yeah, strange. I do not know. It is strange how they just sawed off the end of the word and then decided that this was yeah. somehow a new everything, suffix. Because everything is a gate now, isn't it? It's yeah. Like, yeah, even minor scandals get the honour of being called Blank Gate. Yeah, they do. A celebrity trips over on the red carpet and it's... Shoe Gate. Red Carpet Gate. High Heel Gate. Trip Gate. Trip Gate sounds like its own word. It sounds like a... Um, what does it sound like, huh? <clears throat> like a toothpaste, I was going to say. I think you're thinking of Colgate. Oh my god, I can't believe I just said that. How That's so dumb. I'd like to tell you that I'm going to edit it out, but if no. I'm being completely frank, completely honest with you, I won't. What if I just go in and edit you out? <laughs> you cut a three-hour podcast down to an hour and a half and it's just disjointed <laughs> comments from you that have no connection to each other. Every now and then I just laugh maniacally. Yeah. <laughs> I use that as evidence to get you sectioned under the Mental Health Act. I They drag you wanna... away in a straitjacket. No, I don't want to be sectioned. You're cackling and you say it was all worth it. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> that was such a strange... Ha, ha, ha. That was like a villain laugh. Like was a, it? 
I got away with it. No one's any the wiser. Yeah, I guess. It's creepy. I'm going to wake up and you're going to be like, ha, ha, ha. Just hovering over the bed, four inches in the air. With an axe. I'm levitating. With an axe? We went in different directions. God, I feel, I don't know why an axe is like such a common horror movie weapon. I feel like attacking someone or defending yourself with an axe would be such a terrible, laborious process. Unless it's one of those little mini axes. But even still, because of the shape of an axe head... You cleave it into someone and it gets buried. And then you have to grab the handle yeah. with both hands and really like heave it out. And then you've got to pull it back over you your mean. shoulder and heave again. Like it's not a very efficient, useful weapon. I also feel like it's a very American thing. I don't get that. Because like, of lumberjacks? No, because I feel like there are axes. We have axes, don't we? We have the break Are you the high right now? Yeah, I, I feel the skies are really pretty blue right <laughs> yeah. now. Just take a little We have the blind all the way the up and it's starting to get dark outside. It's twilight. And there's a pretty sky. Say it, it's twilight. Why? Say it. I would have, but now you've made it weird. <laughs> as if that's some kind of code word that will activate the self-destruct yeah. well, explosive now device you to say in my head. Just because you won't. Okay, I'll say it. It's Twilight. Good boy. Are you going to edit that? Like, you're going to take all the words I've said and it's going to be like, Twilight is my favourite movie. How dare you. You love Twilight. I promise you I don't. When you went to the cinema with me to watch some of them, you were like, actually, this is good. That one that we went to see where it was most of the film was one big fight scene, it was okay for what it was. Were you annoyed, though, with the doozy? I feel like yeah, you were. the switcheroo. Yeah. I don't want to spoil it. Although, I guess the film's been it's out for like five spoiler, years. Yeah. But yeah. So you've made me watch all five Twilight films. Yeah. Not at the cinema, though. Which is borderline yeah. cruel and unusual punishment. Is it? It is, yeah. Is it? Because some of them are horrendous. I don't think so. Some of them are so bad they would be called war crimes. How did I make you watch all five? Did I make you watch them in a row? No. It because was like... we went to the cinema to see one. Right. We didn't go to the cinema to see one. I've never Whistle seen... two? Oh, I thought you were talking about Twilight number one. Oh, no, no, no. Did you just see Breaking Dawn part two or did you say part I one? I think I that? only went to the cinema to see one Twilight film. And one was enough, let me tell you. <laughs> and oh then the God. rest of them, every so often you'll be like, it's my birthday, we've got to watch Twilight. And I'm like, oh, okay. You can't really but say anything in return to that. you though, so you can. You said no. What do you mean? We've only watched them once and I've said it every birthday. What do you mean? You've only watched those five films once. You've only watched them once. Yeah, you're saying that like it's a small feat. No, it was an incredible Herculean feat of endurance and patience and self-loathing. Whatever. That's what I want for this Christmas. I'm saying it now to the world. What do you mean? You want me to watch all five again? That's not going to happen. But that's all I want for Christmas. If it was your dying wish, uh, I would have to think twice. fucking dark and sad. <laughs> <laughs> They're All really not I good films. I'm Christmas sorry. Christmas is the Twilight Saga with my boy Kitty on the sofa. I don't think it's going to happen. It might. I just got... Um, what do you mean it might? I'm telling it you it will definitely not. I will make it happen. No, I've watched them all through one time and that's enough. I've done my duty. So for the rest of our lives, if we live till 90 or 100, you're never watching them ever no. again. No, 10 years from now, if you come to me and say, it's our anniversary, I'd like to watch the Twilight <laughs> films, 
I'll be like, okay, this oh, seems like Thanks long enough of a wait in between. For that great prison. Mm. I just got Twilight Fungo Pops for people out there yeah. that are like that stuff. I got a little Edward and a little Bella. They are kind of adorable. They are. They're kind of creepy, though, in a sense, because their heads are 15 times larger than their bodies. Like, they have some kind of yeah degenerative disease. I think that's... Yeah. There's some kind of necrotic degradation of their bodily tissue, and their bodies have just become these shrunken vestiges. What the fuck? I don't know what to tell you. I have... Have a bit of an annoyance with one of them, though, and I'm going to have to air it to the world. Of course, because the Funko Pop executives are listening. It annoys me because the Bella Swan Funko Pop, there's two Bella Swan ones. There's one in her wedding dress, and then there's one just dressed regularly. However, that's to the casual fan. To the fan like me, you know that it's her Breaking Dawn Part 2 outfit. Scene 5. Therefore. Timestamp 4.15. Yeah, therefore she's actually Bella Cullen and it doesn't say Bella Cullen. And it and actually she's not just Bella Cullen, she's a vampire. Yet it says Bella Swan. This is the most anal, ridiculous demand that I've ever You know ever what, heard. when Steph listens to this, she's going to have some answers for me. She's going to corroborate my stance on things twilight fangirls unite you need to send a letter of protest to the manufacturer i mean couldn't have at least said bella swan cullen like they'd had to have like a cullen on there because that's what also or maybe leave it as bella swan but have the have it say vampire bella or something like in brackets yeah because she and also another annoyance is is that she's got black eyes not red eyes or golden eyes but black eyes I don't really know what to say to that. Is that not... You don't know because you're not a Twilight fan. Is that not accurate to no, the canon? No, I'm not going to explain it further. I'm not going to dignify you with any <laughs> more of my detailed, intelligent critiques of yeah. this action figure. You also but, have, like, the real, lifelike little action figures. Yeah, well, I was going to say, it's kind of cool that the when I came to get the Funko Pops recently that... They were Edward and Bella from like later on in the series because I already have the action figures of Edward and Bella from the Twilight book slash film. So I have, you know, a little progression you happening. Have th- these particular action figures posed in such a strange way. He's holding her arm. They're standing next to each other and the Edward figure is just like grabbing her by the arm. It's a very Edward thing to do, if you know. Is that what he would do? In two ways. In a protective way and also in a like do as I say kind of way. This sounds abusive. Well, you know, there's an argument out there that he's abusive, but people are dumb, so. He's a domestic abuser in a mom Volvo. It's not, look. They fucked us on that, okay? Because the Volvo in the first film was fine. It was like a silver, like, you know. No, I don't. I don't know. It was like a, a silver nice Volvo. car. Yeah. It was like it was like a like a sports car type shape. And then when they made the other movies, it turned into like some fucking soccer mom car. He's trying to keep a low profile because they want it. Even though he's been the same age for a hundred years. <laughs> That's something from. Twilight. Right. You know that I wasn't intentionally quoting it. You looked at me with this, like... You did kind of quote it, though. Or, and just... 
you, you did, were stunned. You did kind of quote it a bit there. It's not quoting it if I didn't know that that was a quote from the well, film. Well, you said it. Surreptitious we're, quoting. We're playing footsie right now. If this was a video cast, as, as I'm You keep scratching me with it. your nails and... I'm I don't appreciate you saying that on the podcast. Uh, well, now it's on the podcast. Because you're making it sound like I have talons. Talons. <laughs> like you're an eagle. You're covered talons. in feathers. No, it's just because the top of you... your foot is by the bottom of my foot. So I'll have you know my nails are freshly cut. Yeah, that's and true. And also freshly p- painted by Ryan. That's true. He he took the great time to paint my toenails for You wanted me, me to do it and I was... I was going to say happy to do that, but that you wasn't were, true. You were happy to do it no, because you do it for me. Often. I was fine to do it. Like, I don't have a problem yeah. with it. It takes a while, though, because you have to take off the old nail polish with... Okay, let's not go into detail. You're telling me this is not a toenail polish <laughs> podcast? Because that's what I signed up for on the dotted line. I painted line. your toenails once, do you remember? I do not recall. Pink. Of course. What other colour would they be? <laughs> Yeah, I did. I can't believe you don't remember that. Do you remember when we drew on the bottom of each of his feet? No. It was like around your exams and you were studying and we kind of like started drawing on each other. Oh, I do regularly recall that. And we that. drew on each of his feet and then we you drew like on my hands and my arms and I drew little messages of like support for you, for your exams. On the bottom of my feet where no, I can't see. On your on your hands. Yeah, that was nice. It was nice to look down and see a little missive uh-huh. from my supportive girlfriend as I, I went through I drew, academic hell. Yeah, I drew a little black cat on you as well. How do you remember this? I remember everything. You remember what you drew on me four years ago? Yeah. That's, you've got like a eidetic memory. No, my memory's actually kind of shit in most respects, but then things like that I do remember. Yeah, my memory's just bad all round. It's very no, consistent it's in not. that way. Because you're really good at reciting things, which means you retain like whole lines of things. That's true. Which is a really good memory. Like, But I can yeah. remember whole stanzas of a random poem I read uh, five years ago, but then I can't remember, you know, a birthday from five years ago. Uh, so I don't know if that's a good trade-off, honestly. It is. I'd much rather be able to remember like my favourite, but I can't recite anything. Like just talking about Twilight how i've like read the books and things i can maybe like i can tell you like a few quotes of things that they've said from like you know ones that really stand out like but i can't quote whole lines of things well you don't read and absorb prose in the same way as you do with poetry yeah but even like my favorite my favorite poet like i I can't recite any of her poems i wouldn't worry about that you could just reread them yeah i know but it kind of annoys me because i always like that idea of just being able to kind of like real off a poem a whole yeah like you often just like turn like you'll just turn around and like this makes it sound a lot more dramatic (laughs) and flamboyant than it actually is It's actually just we're sitting on the couch and you say something that makes me think of a line of poetry and you'll just say like a line or two and i'm like wow that's Nice. <laughs> sure. That sounded sarcastic, but I'm sure no, that it, it wasn't. No, it wasn't sarcastic. I'm like in awe when you do stuff like that. It's weird though, isn't it, that you can't remember things like that. But then I know so many words to so many songs as does like the rest of the world. Like, why do you remember that and you don't remember? Maybe it's the rhythm Possibly, attached to yeah. it. Like, it's kind of the sound of the words that gets instilled in your 
grey matter rather yeah. than the words themselves. They say that if you're trying to like revise for an exam or something, it's good to listen to music while you do it. Um, the same music like each time and then that way it's you know it's it goes in better or it's easier to kind of like recall it but then you're not listening to the music when you're doing the exam no but yeah I know like mean. i've heard that yeah. you know adderall yeah the hip amphetamine <laughs> that students guzzle when they're trying to guzzle. cram <laughs> information into their short-term memory well Apparently, of course, when you take that, you can absorb huge amounts of information and you can then regurgitate it. But you can only recall it like as well as you absorbed it if you're on Adderall. So you have to study on Adderall and then take it when you're actually doing the exam. So that's a bit of a devil's bargain there. You memorize a whole history textbook and then two weeks later, you can't (laughs) remember any of it. Maybe the idea is that if you sing the song to yourself or something or you mem- try and remember the piece of music, you'll remember what you revised. So you're in the middle of an exam hall and you just <laughs> bust out a DMX rap. X gonna give it to you. X it's, gonna give you the answers to the exam. literally all I know about DMX. DMX? You don't, that's not the something you not know. DMX, is it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. For some reason, I just kept thinking of a BMX. I was like, no, that can't be right. DMX, BMX in, in the DMZ. The, to the DMV? That's not bad. Yeah. I would wonder why he was in the demilitarized zone in between North and South Korea and why there was a DMV in bicycle riding distance. But DMX is a <laughs> mysterious yeah, and enigmatic figure, to be sure. <laughs> he's just got all his dogs, like, chained up to the back of the bike as he's, like... This doesn't sound good for dog or man. Well, you know. He'll do what he's going to do. He's going to do what DMX is going to do. As I'm sure people know. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it does seem like every so often there's a news story that comes out about him. Yeah. And it's depressing every single time. He's got like 37 children. And That's him, right? Yeah. He has a lot of kids, I think. Yeah. But then it's like he has a DUI or he went back to rehab and stuff like that. And I'm, I've am i never been like a, a quote-unquote DMX fan. Like I've listened to a few of his songs. But even still, it's like every single news story I see about this guy and it's some depressing, traumatic experience yeah. in his life or some tragedy or some fuck-up that he did. And it's like, God, I feel vicarious yeah. sorrow for you, yeah. my friend. DMX doesn't need your pity, okay? Well, he's got it. All right. Ryan, go and give it to you. Next time I see him. At your knitting circle? Yes. We do have a knitting circle. And all we do is get drunk. He knits a tea cozy with, like, (laughs) Rottweilers on it and bulldogs. (laughs) He holds it up and he's just like, ruff, ruff, ruff. (laughs) (laughs) That was the cutest thing I think I've ever seen. Why can't I make gifts with my eyeballs? That's the question. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> this is the cutest giggle. <laughs> no, stop saying that. People You're are going to see it one day. making our listeners sick, all right? That wasn't exactly... That lovey-dovey. Overly... There's too much... There needs to be a lovey-dovey, like, cap. I know this is very self-referential, but I remember when I talked... Matthew sometimes listens to the podcast. Yeah. And he listened to the one where we... There was a segment where we talked about our relationship. Yeah. And he was like, I just fast-forwarded that. It was too <laughs> sickening and lovey-dovey. 
I was like, dude, we talked about it for like 20 minutes. Like, But we were pretty like, oh my God, our love is perfect. Rummaging Everyone into each other's mouths of love. <laughs> That's disgusting. Yeah. And I might vomit right now. Into my mouth yeah. with love. No! There's just like hearts and rainbows coming out of your mouth. Oh, that's cute. I still don't want you to do it. Well, so don't get any ideas. If, if it really was hearts and rainbows, what would be wrong with it? Vomit would be not be a bad thing anymore. I would, well, for one, I would be having open eye hallucinations. <laughs> so I think I'd need to seek emergency medical treatment at once. I definitely no one would believe you. They'd just think you're on drugs. Yeah, but one, like they wait 24 hours and then you still see... <laughs> The vomit rainbow. Yeah, they would just not believe you. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but they would believe you once they tested you and there were no drugs in your system. Yes, but they just think you were lying. No, I think they think you were mentally ill. I think you were giving fucking people too much credit. I guess. They would just be like, no, we, there's nothing wrong with you. Go home. This is some cup, dystopian have a cup of tea. hospital you're talking about. Have a cup of tea. No, I don't think it is. I think it's the fucking state of the if Theresa may stays in power yeah, am i right bitch. am i right that fucking witch i mean i said i wasn't gonna say you've anything. got a pitchfork and a burning torch yeah pretty much got a f- some rope as well wow too far <laughs> in this political climate is it with kathy griffin getting <sighs> blacklisted from everywhere like we haven't really talked about that of course we haven't. What do you mean? Not on I the f- podcast. I mean, me and you. Oh, yeah. We haven't really discussed it. What is there to say, honestly? Yeah, it's just a bit ridiculous. It was holding clearly... comedians to a higher standard than we are for their president. Yeah. It was clearly in poor taste. And, I mean, there, it's just a very yeah. rapid way to shock people and get attention. But at the same time, it's her artistic expression. She... People that look at a comedian joking about killing the president and say that's them calling for violence against a politician they don't like. It's like, no, that's not how any of this works. Yeah, stupid. But yeah. I also don't know who Kathy Griffin is. She's just Just one of those garbage comedians who like, they do scoop the bottom of the barrel for their their laughs. Scoop it. They scoop it on their hands and knees. Hands scoop. and knees? I, I f- scoop. Oh, are you thinking like the barrel is on its side and she is like climbing into it, like crawling into no, it? No. So how is she on her hands and knees? She's just bent down, scooping at the bottom. Of a barrel? Of a barrel, yeah. How could you be on your hands and knees? This is not literal, Kitty. This is not like something that's actually... You, she's not really... She doesn't really have a barrel in her backyard that she fucking... That's full of DMX's dog's poop that she just goes in and Bringing like it full circle. It out. That's, that's my fucking... That's the name of the game. I guess. The name of It's now name. actually dark outside. No, it's still blue. And I'm starting to get it's frightened. It's like a dark twilight. What if there are ghouls and goblins? It's le bleu. Uh. Sure. Yeah. That was the most British way to say those three French words. <laughs> what did you say before that? Before I said that? You'll never know. You have to listen back to the episode. <laughs> I dare you. don't want to listen back. I don't want to hear my voice. Yeah. Hearing the sound of your own voice on a recording never gets easier. It's not I don't like the sound of my own voice. It's more that, that I don't want to listen to it and start to think, oh, I shouldn't have said that, or 
I should have said that a different way. Because there's always going to be ways you think you can improve. So it's not necessarily like, oh, I don't like my voice. It's more like, I don't want to have that chance of like... It's like if you look at photos of yourself too long, even someone who who does kind of like like themselves will eventually be like, you know, this could be a better angle or better lighting or something. And then, and then all the way to that extreme of like, oh my god, my nose or my whatever. I hate the way I look. Yeah, like so. I want to cut off my face with a sharp rock. Yeah, and it's the exact same for like listening to your voice. If you listen to it too much, well, it's like that thing of you're the only one who cares that much. Mm. When I listen to other podcasts and people stumble or they mispronounce a word or they misspeak. Like, my mind doesn't even pick it up. It just yeah, continues. It's super Whereas when I listen to snippets of our episodes and I hear myself do something like that, my mind, like, hyper-focuses in on that one particular flaw or and error. Fo- yeah, and you find yourself thinking, mm, maybe I could go and change it. But it's like, no. No, no one else no one even cares. notices it. Yeah. And even if they do, it's like, well, yeah, of course, in a three-hour conversation, you're going to stumble or you're going to say the wrong thing. Yeah. Doesn't have to be this like weirdly perfect, like beats that you have to hit in order to kind of make it be this. Good Is this thing. a Beats by Dre secret by Dre. advertisement? Yeah, they don't look very comfortable. How so? Because of the stiff plastic. I don't plastic know. I feel like it is headband. a very stiff, hard. I'm sure the actual ear cup things are soft, but like just looking at it from the side or like whatever, it just looks like this really stiff. Like it feel, it looks like I've never tried a pair on myself, but it looks like they would really clamp onto the sides of I your head. I hate that. Oh my god! And I hate over ear headphones. That yeah, do that. you've got really nice soft ones, and even they squeeze me after a while. So, oh, they weren't as bad. Do you remember the headphones yeah. I had before them? It was like getting a slow, gradual lobotomy. Like it was, it was squeezing your head until yeah. brain started to leak out of your ears and your nose. <laughs> it's the exact same as when you have a migraine and you feel like your head's in a vice. That's what it's like. They were terrible. Nothing beats though. <laughs> beats. Nothing beats your PC headphones. Oh yeah, they are soft as fuck. Like, but not only are they soft, but. Because I've had them for like 10 years, they're so loose, stretched almost. out and just like, they just like hang over yeah. your ears, which which doesn't create a doesn't great really seal sound, yeah. for audio quality, but mm-hmm. it's just so comfortable. Yeah. I could wear them for like a whole day and not even not feel even them. Not even feel them, yeah. And I'm so afraid of breaking them because I won't, there's, there's no way to buy another pair because they were discontinued yeah. like five years ago. What are we talking about? We're talking. This is the headphone review podcast. <laughs> I feel like when you just end up talking about nothing, it's like that's what people come here for. Don't yeah, you know? is that what they come for? They come here for the a the chit chat and the banter. I God, I fucking hate that word. Yeah, hashtag bants man. She's got to have the bants man. Otherwise, I I just can't get down. There's like a few key words like that where when someone says it, I just kind of zone out. Uh, from the conversation altogether. Got to have a bit of banter, man. That's what I'm looking for in a girl. I'm making fun of people. Yeah. I shouldn't make fun. But I do hate that. I really do hate that. It's very just ugh, get out, get out of town, you know. Well, often what they mean is we 
basically make fun of each other and say yeah. really insane, insulting things. I've never been one of those people who's like, yeah, you know, I'm fun. I can take the piss out of myself. It's like you can make fun of yourself and make yourself feel horrible. Oh, yeah, you. Like, who wants... Like, that's not desirable in anyone, unless you are a bully who wants to just take a the piss out bully. of people. It's like, I don't understand how that's something that's attractive to someone. Yeah, I just want to be able to tell her how fucking ugly she is. like, And have her laugh and say, yeah. hashtag bants. <laughs> As she's crying. <laughs> oh, On the one gosh. hand, you don't want to be so self-important and egotistical that you can't you know mock yourself if you do something silly like yeah, you want to but that's different have a certain yeah. degree of self-deprecation yeah. in your humor but on the other hand you know when you meet those people who every other thing they say is like a joke at their own expense and it just kind of makes you uncomfortable because it's so yeah it's like the self-loathing is so aggressive that they can't even mask it with humor anymore being able to not take yourself so seriously is different to that whole, like, you know, fucking, ooh, look who ate too much, you fat bastard, or whatever, that type of joking. It's like, no, no one likes that. And if they say they're like that, it's because... You're just being a douchebag. They've just got used to it over their fucking 30-year life and, like, have no way of getting away from it because all their friends are like that. It's stupid. It's really stupid. Hashtag Bants culture. Hashtag fucking... No. I was going to try and rhyme something with Bants, but it didn't really work. And that's... That's going to happen. That's live podcasting for you, but it's not live. Is Oh, I thought you were saying that's life. <laughs> that's live. That's what all the people say. Etc. We don't know any more of the words. Basically, all you need to know is that's life. That's life. I could be a crooner. You could be, but you're not. I want to be. But you're not. But I could be. Who says I'm not? Just you. Are you the buzz of the world? I'm the guy who gets to certify you as a as a crooner. Yeah. You have to pass a rigorous seven-stage test. I don't think I like this. You have to belt out some 1930s classics. Tests are stupid, I think. Is that your official position on <laughs> tests? There should be no test for anything. We I... should let four-year-olds drive cars into brick walls. <laughs> I did, I was never a good... Like, I didn't test... You know when they say, oh, they just don't test well? I just didn't ever test well. I don't know if it's... I think it's to do with like my memory i'm not like i was never good at like you know when they say oh now you've got like a week off to revise or whatever for your exams or i never like i tried a few times to revise but that whole concept of like sitting there reading it trying to take on information and trying to tell your brain that oh this part is the part that i'm going to need to remember or whatever um I never was able to really do that successfully, and maybe that's why. Um, yeah, I get that. Yeah, but you, however, test exceptionally well. I feel this makes it sound like I got much better grades than I actually did. You did. You got like most of the exams I know have known you to do, to do over your time. You've got A's, and so high A's too. <laughs> maybe like, I've just not told you about all the ones I yeah, failed. High A's too, like. And so even when you've thought 
you've done really badly, you then got an A, and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, but then, inversely, there are those exams where you feel like, oh, God, I nailed it. Like, they're going to have to make a new grade for me, I was that good, and then it comes back and it's a D. You've never gotten a D in an exam. God, you're so oblivious to a lot of things. You've got Ds in, like, assignments and things, probably, but not in exams. I was going to make a double Ds joke, but it seemed crass and out of place. Yeah, well... That being said... What about the people who like that kind of thing? Show me your double Ds. <laughs> double Es, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I can't believe I just said that. Yeah. I'd like, again, I'd like to tell you that's not going to end up in the finished product. No. But, in fact, it's going to be a 10-second podcast where it's just you saying that. Double Es over yeah. and over again. That's going to be the name Mixing of the episode. The, the woofs of the, the DMX thing. Oh, God. I know we don't have... But if we had, like, a humongous dedicated fan base i would put out a request right now i want someone to take out to snip it out you woofing and put it into the dmx song where oh he like my God. does it yeah like if we were like he had like people I mean, that we listen have to people us that, no because now a person out there listening is going to be thinking am i the only one listening then we do have listeners we just aren't obviously like viral or like <laughs> we're not we're not like in the top fucking we're one. somewhere in between zero and a million listeners let's put it there <laughs> yeah i guess that is true yeah i know i'm just saying like you looked at me so suspiciously and <laughs> unbelievingly well that i don't look at the, like statistics and stuff so i don't have any idea really i mean i just know that we have listeners you just sit down in front of the microphone and you say it's showtime, baby. Yeah. You have I a rider in your contract saying, I don't want to deal with any of the back-end stuff. <laughs> I'm the talent. You're just the, Look, if the I guy who fucking... handles the knobs. <laughs> if I had a rider, there'd be a lot more than that on it. There'd be chicken, cake, all kinds of yummy things to eat. You'd have a bowl of M&Ms, but only green. No, they'd be. I'd be like, they have to be pink. And you can't get pink M&M's. But I think you can customise M&M's like online. So you probably can get pink M&M's. That's kind of depressing. So you need to get me some pink M&M's. I feel like anyone who orders customised M&M's should be put on a watch list for life. No, because I feel like if you really enjoy... you See, the reason why maybe it doesn't bother me is because I do love anything food. Like, So if if I was like... I'm not like huge into M&M's. Um, although, little segue. <laughs> although I did once kill a man for a bag of M&M's. Although, little segue, they now do caramel M&M's. This sounds horrendous. Soft caramel, not the chewy kind. And Steph's bringing me some from America. And she's coming, she's going to be here in six days. Yeah, those might get, quote unquote, lost in transit. <coughs> I don't think As so. in, I'm going to throw them in the bin. She found a big bag of them and she's bringing them. I'm she's fucking bringing them. Empty them down a no, storm No, I'm going to eat them. You stop. But anyway, if I was, like, hugely... I want to taste them because they're new and I like caramel things. But if I, like, when I was a teenager, I was big into Smarties. And at the time, I had purple hair. And my nickname became Purple Smarty for a while. Like, that's how You're much... looking at me with this <clears throat> anguished, pained yeah. expression of, can you believe the douchebags around me did this? Yeah, and so if someone had, like... Put, like personalized some smarties for me or something and they had like my initial on or whatever that would have been cool but you were 14 yeah. so 
Yeah. You're not exactly hard to please at that age. Yeah. I could say, you know what would be cute? At like a wedding or something. And then you have like on each table, you have like little, because sometimes they have like little bags of like, they'll have like an almond in it and like other sweet type things. And, um, but instead there was like a little pot of like, you know, S and R for like Sam and Ryan. Like Personalised on each M&M or something. A little pouch. That would be cute. With three things that all look the same. An M&M, one of those almond candies and a cyanide pill and it's kind of like a russian roulette you have to try your luck what is wrong with you that's the type of wedding i want to host <laughs> i want a 50 percent mortality rate at my mm. wedding reception i pretty have come to the decision that i don't want to get married but at the same time like every now and then a little part of me is like oh but wouldn't it be so nice to like put on a pretty dress and like have that whole day just be about like me basically but then at the same time i wouldn't really want to invite many of my family and just because i don't like that whole let's get the families together and like it'd be weird and people you've never met second cousins from scotland oh i definitely wouldn't do that i really really gets on my nerves when people are like talking about getting married or whatever and that they're like oh yeah but my mom wants me to invite my fifth cousin from yeah. blah 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 who I've only met They'll be met so once. offended if they don't and get invited. And it's an like, invite. no, they won't because they don't know you and no one cares. Like, if someone's annoyed that they didn't get invited to your wedding and they've only met you like three times, like, that's weird. Hit them with a golf club. Yeah, so I probably wouldn't have many people. Like, I also like the idea of doing that and only me and you being there. That's so, so it's just like... Like an eloping... yeah. We go to Vegas. And I do kind of like the idea of being like, this is my husband. But I don't, like, fundamentally, I'm not, like, here for the marriage thing. So we could just have our own version of, like, ownership. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. That's not a strange word to use. (laughs) I'm a human being, you know. I'm not some kind of property. You can own You're my trade property, away. and if you look at your ass, you'll see my initials. You had it tattooed on there, what? Just like you had yeah. my fucking wedding ring tattooed on my finger, I had my initials tattooed on your ass. I think the last thing I want in the world is a butt tattoo. And when I say ass, I really mean taint. That would be <laughs> borderline sexual assault, I fear. By you and the tattoo guy. Your toes are really cold. We're playing a weird fritzy game that I would describe as tug of war, but inverse. Oh my god, did you ever play this with your sister when you were little? Me and my brother, we we would lie like on our backs, like on the beds, like opposite each other. And then we would put our feet up against each other and then we would see who could push the hardest. And one time you broke his tibia, right? (laughs) And it is kind of like tug of war, but inverse. And it made me think of that. I've never, I like, how do you remember that as like a, kind of standalone game like that sounds like something i may have done but i don't remember it as like the foot war game well we are having a foot war right now and it made me think of it and i'm gonna win i'm gonna crush you you're not i'm stronger you're pushing me back in the armchair and i'm getting further (laughs) away from the microphone yeah you're trying to shut me up you're trying to censor me and my outrageous opinions it's just gonna be my podcast from now on where i talk about twilight and food and makeup and Girly things. Girly things, like menstruation? No. No one 
wants to hear about that on the So screen. more like unicorns. Some people want to hear about menstruation, though, let's be real. Are you telling me this is not a menstruation podcast? Well. That's the third time I've made that format of joke, and I'm not apologizing for it. Okay, never, you've got to stop never, pushing my foot now, because I've got to get back closer to the microphone. Never change, baby cakes, never change. Yeah. <clears throat> was it really pushing you? I didn't. You didn't seem like you were really going back, so I didn't think it was really pushing you. You're talking to me, and I'm outside the room. <laughs> I didn't even notice that you were getting further away, and meanwhile, I'm in the hallway. <laughs> now it's dark. Yeah. The tree is like such a nice, like, like black silhouette of like leaves. Is it rustling? Yeah. It's been bit. so windy today. Yeah. It's been like thirty miles an hour winds. What? The- I feel like the wind held, like went away when I went out the house and then it came back when I got in. I was like, where was that when I was fucking hot? Yeah. It's also been a, quite rainy. I'm such a complainer. <laughs> a little bit. It was a very strange weather today. It was very like, is it sunny? Is it cold? Is it raining? Is it not? And one minute it just kept flipping and flopping. Like a little fish. Sure. The weather fish? Yeah. I think we should... is sacred in... Some kind of nature-based religion. Is the weather fish a real thing? The druids. It sounds like it could I'm gonna be. I'm going to make a podcast just of your little fucking stories that you flip off of everything I say. Yep. Someone's going to do that. Someone do that. Someone's I'm going to edit gonna that part that. out. No, you're not. You're not going to do it. I think we've established with our little flippy floppy fishy that it's time to move on to the first topic. I think we've exhausted everyone's patience yeah. for our rambling and nonsense yeah. and non-sequiturs. Yeah, I like our little nonsense. We should have like a separate nonsense podcast. Yeah, no actual real discussions, just kind of like a couple of minutes of like shit every... I'm doing like this very... You're making a very like... flurry, wavy hand gesture. Ah. You're slowly hypnotizing yourself with your hand yeah. in front of your face. I Hypnosis is really real. Or people just Yeah, because obviously money. that stuff that you see on TV, like do you remember Paul McKenna? No. He was like Is this an old person? Britain's like hip, hypnotic fucking expert or whatever. And there was lots of shows where he would get people on stage and like hypnotize people. Um But but outside of that whole like gimmicky famous type thing where you make money off of it. Well, not that you can't make money off of it, but but when you go to like therapists and stuff and they can put you under and like try to get like past stuff out of you, I wonder if that's real. Is he in any way related to Terence McKenna? You've been thinking of that this whole time, haven't you? Renowned I could see your hallucinogenic little drugs expert mm. and advocate and yeah. experimenter. Yes, he is. You've put your hair clip <laughs> over your nose and it looks very painful. Oh, it was, it was. You looked at me with this look of, I can't <laughs> believe I've just done this. Please go back in time and stop the foolishness I from happening. I hands, man. I hands. Okay, give me the topic before I, like, do like a... I'm I, just going to let I you languish in this <laughs> wordlessness. <laughs> Before I end up underground. We need to have okay. a, a podcast where it's just, you know how we make up band names sometimes? Yeah. And album names? Just of that? Yeah. Listing off our... 
Remember we had like a long note on one of our phones of just every so often we'd make up a funny You've still got that somewhere, right? It's somewhere, but we had to start a new one recently. We need to like get that and just add our stuff to that so it's like one big massive thing. And then one day for like your birthday or whatever, I'm going to get like fill the room with balloons and on each balloon it's going to have a different band name. That's going to be very meta and self-referential. Yeah, well. And also, don't you think the balloon place is going to be like, what is going on here? No, Why has this woman ordered 100 balloons with nonsense phrases on them? I don't need to get them? it printed. I could just use Sharpie and write on them. I feel like a balloon would be very hard to write on. Like, you'd have to hold it um, so firmly. And then the balloon skin is like so taut. Oh, I hate then... the noise it makes when oh, you try yeah. to write on a balloon. It's like okay, nails but... on a chalkboard. <clears throat> Yeah, it really goes through me that sound of like yeah. the balloons. Um, are you gonna are you gonna at least share some of this with people? Some of our well, I've only got a few on this note on my phone because we had to start a new one. Oh my god, are they really bad ones? They're not our best, but I'll read some. T- they all have the same kind of syntax and like yeah. format. One of them was transdimensional social. <laughs> <laughs> Let me start again. <laughs> really made me laugh. One of them is transdimensional social justice Subat, <laughs> which if you don't know is yeah. the bat-like Pokemon. And then we also have box-bound hobo cats in love, which is a pretty good band name if you had like some kind of new wave experimental funk I love that collective. band names. And then the most recent one, Paradise is a bug-free breeze. A lot of these are just based on weird things we say yeah. to one another, and then one of us will be like, that would be a good band name. It's funny how, like, some of them come about as well, because they don't just come out like, oh, blah, blah, blah. It's like a, f- a five-minute conversation or a half-an-hour conversation of something, and then by the end of it, you just put, like, these words together, and it's like, We, like, oh. work the contents yeah. of this weird, like, hysterical... I feel like it's so funny to us, maybe not so funny to anyone else. <laughs> It is so funny in the moment, though. I feel like we're cranking over, and then you're like, it make is. sure you write that one down. And we had to start writing them down because it got to a point where we were doing them all the time. Not like on purpose. They would just naturally happen. It would be like, oh, that would be a good band name. Or that, that's going to be the name of my first album. Or yeah. I need a pin with blah, blah, blah on. And so it was like, no, we got to a point now where you've got to write them down because they're like gems we need to release like a coffee table book where each page it's just like in huge letters with, with <laughs> what it is and then underneath it in smaller font it's an explanation of how that one was coined nah, they get no explanation. they just get a page of text and then just like a photo of our faces as we came up with it I'm like you're doing-, doing faces but that doesn't <laughs> translate through the microphone i'm doing them for you Okay, and only you. There's no me. There's only the listeners, the hive mind. They don't know each other. The great absorbers of content, audio and otherwise. I wonder if there's, like, any people out there that listen and then their, like, friend also listens or, you know, people that know each other that listen. Like, maybe someone listens and they shared it on their Facebook or Twitter or something and then, like, their friends started listening to it. I wonder if that has happened that's something cool to try and think of like or is it just 
all the places you get to see on your stats, like, is it just one person from each of these places? Which is fine too, but I just wondered, like... Well, no, but there can be, like, 20 listens from a particular area, and that might just be one person listening to all our episodes. Yeah. So you have it's no nice, idea how yeah, it works. Yeah, it's nice to think maybe it might be, like... 20 individual people. people. Yeah. Obviously, places like America, it's more likely that it's, like, lots of different people. But, like... My main goal in life is that two random friends from, like, I don't know, Alaska make, <laughs> like, inside jokes that are based on something we said on the podcast. Yeah. Like, they take some of our references and that little would be cool. inside jokes and they say them to each other. Because from all the podcasts that I've listened to and loved and, like, listened to their whole catalog several times over... I feel like I say or I reference the jokes made on that podcast. And that's like a weird inside joke between you and no one around yeah. you. Yeah, That's kind of funny. Yeah. To be like quoted or whatever from something that you just... Yeah, that would be kind of cool. It's never going to happen. But it's good to have... Yeah. you got to aim high. you got to have big dreams. Although this is not a very big dream, to be honest. <laughs> a big dream would be like, I want to become president and nope. win the Nobel Peace Prize. Not all your dreams have to be big. You can have little ones too. Well, they're not really dreams, are they? Of course they are. I want to take out the bins today because they're full, but it's not my dream. That's completely different to like, I want someone in a different country to be, quote, my fucking inside jokes. That's a dream. I want to take the bins. It's not a dream. I'm going to hit you with the bins. <laughs> and no jury in the land would convict me. I'll murder you. How about that? The podcast just ends abruptly <laughs> with the sound of screams and a dagger being thrust into my ribcage. I wouldn't kill you that way. <laughs> <laughs> you just like stared at me dead eyed as you're slowly pulling a little pistol out of your bra. I love that. I made this is how well. I would kill you. Oh my god, like a really cute little pistol. A little Hello Kitty sound, pink. That would be so cute. God, I sound like one of those people. You know there are people out there that have like pink a pink gun or like a pink knife or whatever. A pink knife. Yeah. That's the name of my first detective novel. Yeah. It's like a sexy female roguish detective. <laughs> That's her name, Pink Knife. Pink Knife. She's wearing, like, PVC. She's wearing pink PVC on the job. <laughs> yeah. The other police officers are like, like, honestly, pink, what are you doing? And she's like, that's her, pink knife to you. They call her son. knifey. Oh, God. We're, start, we're building a whole <laughs> cannon. And there's a black knife. It's like Power Rangers. There's, like, a black knife and a blue knife. And they have, like, a secret club where they get together. Yeah. And think about how they're going to clean up the city from this villainous scum. Yeah. And Maybe all the are enemies villains. are called something gun. Green gun. Yes. Yellow gun. Oh, God. Pink knife was killed by yellow gun. Pink knife's not getting killed. Pink knife's the star. And that's why she's wearing the PVC. Pretty much. Because and sex everyone sells. else is wearing a sack. And she's wearing pink PVC. This sounds and like grotesque and shoes. disturbing. What are hooker yeah. shoes? You know, like big stilettos with like... Like 15-inch stilettos, basically stilts. Yeah. So you'd think that hooker shoes would be like a nice, comfortable pair of sketches because they have to like walk up and down the block trying to get Johns. What is wrong with you? That makes sense. I'm sticking by that. (laughs) 
I'd love to market a range of comfortable shoes aimed yeah. at the working girl. No longer will you have bunions and sores will on you your feet. Include things like knee pads. Of course, it's like a whole a whole range. This is very insensitive this to the sex worker community. I'll have you know. That's like our iTunes review. <laughs> the username, outraged listener, twenty four. Isn't it weird sometimes when you see someone's username where it's like so, like, you know, whatever, Boxhead Bob Cactus Man, and then it will be like 59.6, and it's like, why did you put numbers on the end? No one else is going to yeah. possibly have this ridiculously no, specific wacky do, username. It's surprising, like, what's been taken. Like when I tried to get an email the other day. I don't think that's surprising in any way. You don't have like a name that no one else has. Well, of course I wasn't going to get Ryan Finch at blank.com. No. But I tried like so many different variations with my middle name and like but again, underscores, hyphens, common. dots and stuff yeah. like that. And none of them worked. And I was like, how many Ryan Finches are there out there in the world? There's 2,700. I'm going to have to hunt them down individually. Yeah. I was never, ever going to get my name. Yeah. Too many <coughs> Sex in the City fans out yeah. there. Talking of which, you're actually rewatching Sex in the City. I am. I love Sex in the City. I feel like that's definitely one of those shows that you can like rewatch over and over again. Like I've already rewatched it like a bunch of times. Um <clears throat> I love it. Obviously, it has its, like, flaws. Like, there are lots of moments where I'm like, ugh. Like, you know, it's the same with Friends. Like, I love Friends. But there's so many jokes on that. Like, they have fat jokes. And now, if I watched anything new or old, but if I watched it now, um, I would totally be like, no, I don't support that. I w- and I won't ever watch it again. But... It's grandfathered in. Yeah, and I don't laugh at the fact jokes. I do get mad when I hear them. But it's like, I don't know. I just, overall, I do love Friends so much. Like, I can't kind of take that away, you know? I can't, like, make myself not love it. Because 95% of it is, like, really good. Yeah. Even now. I rewatched it just this year. And it's still really good. Yeah. It's weird when people say, well, it was just from another time. It was a different cultural yeah. moment. And it's like, well, making fun of and dehumanizing fat people yeah. was still shitty then, even if they didn't realize it. And it is still in a lot of things now, just not very, not really many things that I watch. Because like I said, if I come across something that has something like that in it, I will just not watch. But yeah, so going back to Sex and the City, that obviously has flaws. Like some of the shit that they say you know, about men or, like, whatever. I'm like, that's so... Remember the scene we, we both saw the other day where Miranda pretends to be a lesbian? Oh, yeah. And then she's in the elevator and she just kisses the woman who yeah. is an actual lesbian and then she's Pretty like, shitty. yep, I'm not gay. Yeah. And it's like, that was sexual assault. You just kissed her when she clearly did not want to be kissed in order to make a joke about, yeah, for sure, I'm straight. There is also a really dubious scene, like... In one of the later seasons where Carrie is having sex with a guy and she clear she's not enjoying it and she's like injured the next day is like jackrabbit sex and like she is like Do you mean Jackhammer? Jack what did I say? You said Jack Rabbit. <laughs> yeah. It was like that. And 
you see like the scene where they're having sex and she's just kind of lying there like oh my god this is horrible and of course years later that has like spurred various websites to like do an article about the sex in the city episode that like it raises interesting questions about consent yeah 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 um so there are there are various things that are like you know but again it's one of those shows that I do forgive, even though I don't want to, yeah. because I just love it. Like, I watch these shows. You're willing to forgive. Yeah. Like, Sex in the City was one of those shows. Like, I, when I was younger and I was watching it for the first time, I did actually learn things from it, like sex things. Sure. You know? You're making wide eyes, <laughs> like, trying to give me the significance through a yeah. face gesture. And I don't know where I would have learned those things. I don't know where I would have learned those things because I learned them watching the internet that show. or late night. Yeah, TV. but like so, some things you don't realize, like you don't realize that you kind of need to know or want to know. I'm trying to think of an example. Um, I feel like you can't have you don't, learned much of use from Sex in the City, honestly. Well, it's not like I don't mean learn things like how to give a blowjob. I mean like, like. <sighs> It just helped. Maybe learn things is different. Is not the right thing to say. It just helped. I feel. It, I've. It's just so much louder than I thought it was going to be. I definitely feel like I have a TV show for every part of my growing up that kind of like represented where I was at that time, or like helped me learn things as I got older. Do you know what I mean? Like, I have, like, a TV show for every part. Um, yeah, that's, like, something that I can go into in depth, like, at some point. But, yeah, so... I thought you were going to say each one t- taught me a different thing about life. Yeah, that's what I mean. And Sex in the City taught you how to have snarky casual sex in Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, And talk much. about $1,000 shoes. Yeah. 1000 More like fucking... What? A million dollars. They're made out of diamonds. Three thousand, five thousand. That's like the price range for Jimmy Choo's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I'd ever spend that much on shoes, even if I was like a millionaire. I just don't think I could, like, oh yeah, these shoes are five thousand pound. Okay, I'm not fucking spending that much yeah. on shoes. Like, I don't care how much I want them. Are they just not? worth that much that's why i think but i think when you have like an obscene amount of wealth money becomes meaningless to you you go to one of those like super high-end elite shoe shops and you're not even looking at the price tags you just look at what shoes you like and then you get to the register and she's like that's fifteen thousand dollars and you're just like well whatever no i just couldn't i just feel money changes you man yeah it does who knows I may be a millionaire one day and I may be spending that much on shoes. Or you may be a penniless hippie like me. Yeah, pretty much. Wearing torn clothes with holes in them. Yeah, no. Prayer necklace (laughs) that I got from my trip to Barcelona. I made some real spiritual gains in Barcelona, man. Let me tell you. Yeah, I don't. You look. You just have no nothing yeah, left to give me I on just, the basis of no. that tangent. That weird aside. I told you I'm going to put them all together. I like to make back weird to characters on the spur of the moment. Yeah. So we move on to the first topic finally. Yeah. So, 
the first article I'm going to talk about is on GQ. GQ. Do you know what GQ stands for? What is it for? Gentlemen's Quarterly, I want to say. Oh my God, is that what it stands yeah. for? Jeez. I think it's trying to pass itself off as like a... Gentleman's Court. But if it was actually just called Gentleman's Quarterly, no one would have bought it. But GQ is like GQ. That's like the hip like, modern uh, initials. Okay, so this article is entitled A Sex Doll Brothel is Coming to Britain. And yeah. it's pretty much how it sounds. A company, I guess maybe that's why Barcelona was in my mind, because this company had previously had a sex doll brothel in Barcelona. And just as a little aside, because I find this funny slash amazing, in Barcelona, the sex workers union there basically got it shut down, saying that it was taking away work from actual human prostitutes. But is prostitution legal there? I don't know. Presumably it must be if they have a union. Yeah, I can't see how they would like have a union and then win if it's not legal. But But yeah, anyway. Like I was saying to you earlier, I feel like that would be the basis for such a great comedy movie. Yeah, it would. Oh my God, can you imagine? All of these feisty working girls angry at these hooker bots. (laughs) Hooker bots. Hooker bot 5000. Hooker bot 5000. I am here to please. You're doing like the robot with one arm. Yeah. And you can't do do a dance with one arm. Yes, you can. I mean, not to offend any... One-armed people. Yeah, I think you've offended all the one-armed people. I apologise for. If you listen to this podcast and you have one arm and that joke offended you, email me personally and I will issue you a handwritten letter of contrition and remorse. (laughs) See, you think I'm kidding, but I'm actually. I'm gonna hit him for you, people. With an artificial prostitute. My red toes. An artificial prostitute's leg. That's. I don't understand. Why did you rip off her leg? I don't know. <laughs> she wouldn't do the kinky stuff that you like. <laughs> and you said, I'm going to dismantle you. How about that? So, yeah, that's the first article. And then I also saw an article on Wired entitled, The UK Can't Get Enough of VR Porn. Viewing figures are up 250% from last year. And again, that's pretty much exactly how it sounds. The biggest website for VR porn has come out and said that in the last year, the requests or I guess the views for VR porn have gone up, you know, exponentially. And so on the basis of both of these things, because obviously VR porn is going to, you know, explode very soon as VR skyrockets in tandem. I wanted to talk about like, where is sex infused with technology going? Are we going to get to some weird dystopian sci-fi future where human beings aren't having sex anymore because real sex can't match the perfect, personalizable, you know, 4K resolution sex they can have with their Oculus Rift and their life-sized sex doll? No, I don't think that's ever going to happen because people are always going to still be having sex even though they're doing this as well. Does that make sense? Like, the type... There's going to be several types of people who, like, go to these, like, robot brothels or whatever, sex doll brothels. It's going to be people who just want to try it 
even if they're in a relationship or they're, you know, I don't really know how to say it, but, like, they can get sex or whatever. And then there's going to be the people using it who use prostitutes because they feel like maybe they can't get sex very easily. But there are still loads and loads of other people in the world having sex at the same time. So I feel like it's never going to get to a point where, like, people are having sex with sex dolls in the sex brothel. Only. And, That's, like, and what VR everyone does. Porn only. And as a majority. I don't think that's going to be... Right. Because you think about, like, VR porn, that's something you can do with your partner. Like, I'm sure you can go to a sex brothel too, but, like, VR, VR porn, I feel like... How could you do it with your partner, though? You're both wearing goggles. You can't see each other. Well, I don't mean, like, you're uh, going to be having sex with each other. I mean, you could be in the same... I don't really know how VR works. But, like, you could be in the same scene or whatever. This... Yeah, I, I guess. That's, like, some far-flung future yeah. sex video game that someone might make. Yeah. Let me just take a moment, first of all. I'm starting... I, as you were saying all that, I pictured what a sex doll brothel must be like. And, my God, it... The, just the idea, but I'm sure the reality too is just disgusting beyond description when you think about it. Mm. But yeah, I, I I get what you're saying. Like, there's always going to be people who do that type of thing. But in I guess in a way, is it any different from normal masturbation? But then on the other hand, if you're having sex with a you know fake woman, a sex doll, and you're wearing a VR headset, like that's just so much more immersed. Like that's like you're taking yourself out of actual reality and you're pulling yourself on this sexual virtual plane solely for the purpose of your own sexual gratification. Like to me, that really ups the ante a bit. Like that's kind of a different category, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Well, I also feel like the sex brothel thing for a lot of people who would try it, it would be a novelty because I think humans will always come back to wanting that human touch or that human connectivity in some way because the the sex dolls might look really lifelike but they're never going to look how they look in movies which is basically a human. Yeah. Like... And, well, that's when they're actually played by humans, of yeah, course. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, they're never going to, like, be able to, like... Replicate I mean, all the human Yeah, emotion. and a lot of people who go to prostitutes... I keep saying a lot. I should stop saying that. Some people who go to prostitutes as well, they like that kind of, like, girlfriend experience or they like talking or they want to, like... You know, they still want to be able to, like, touch them and have that kind of, like, intimacy... When it comes down to it, in a sex brothel, you could be like... You keep saying sex brothel. I think you mean sex, sex doll, doll brothel. brothel. Yeah, sex doll brothel. Because a sex brothel is kind of... Yeah. You know, redundant. Yeah. There's not much else going on in the yeah. brothel. You know, at first it might be like, yeah, like I can do what I want. And like, this is kind of like... It's really just having like a fleshlight, yeah. but like dressed up. Like, and I can't imagine that. Unless you are someone who's kind of like doesn't have 
the opportunities or the confidence or whatever you want to call it to like have casual sex with people then I can't imagine and there obviously are people like that I can't imagine it being this like huge thing that kind of like dominates humanity is dying out yeah because no one's procreating anymore yeah it's stupid I do think that is you know distinctly unlikely at least within the next few hundred years but you never know where technology is going to go eventually 400 years from now there may be like android sex dolls that are like indistinguishable from human beings they can pass the turing test they can pass as actual human beings and that's going to be a completely different ball game but i do agree that right now we are dealing with these technologies in such a infant stage that it's a very niche very specialist thing where it's almost like you'd have to have a fetish for having sex with a sex doll for you to really get into that whole world But at the same time, that whole idea of people are always going to want the human connection. They're going to want to have sex with another human being because it offers something better, something that the artificial, the technological replication of that can never, you know, perfectly simulate. That's true. But at the same time, that's surely mostly true for people that have already had sex who know what that's like. Whereas if you are a young person who's still a virgin, you've never had sex, you've never experienced all the different nuances and joys that real human sex can offer, you may feel like VR porn and a sex doll is all you need because it's so good. It's like, why am I going to put in all the effort to call a real human being for sex? But then it's like, mm, you don't know. You're basing, like, oh, yeah, but this is all I need or whatever off of just what you think sex might be like. And you've also got to remember that there are a lot of people who just have bad sex. And, A, to some people, like, I feel like you do hear men being, like, like, sex is sex even when it's bad. Like, yeah. it's better than not having sex It's or like whatever. pizza, brat. There's no such thing as bad pizza. <laughs> But for women, or at least in my experience, bad sex can be really traumatic. But yet, it also can be very difficult to either tell your partner that you don't like it this way or talk to your partner openly about what you like. It's easy to fall into just having bad sex, basically. And so... You know, I can imagine, like, a virgin who, like, has the means or whatever to go to, like, a sex doll brothel and they're sh- maybe they're shy or maybe they don't think they're very good looking. Maybe it's not easy for them to kind of, like, have sex with people. And so they just go that route of, like, the sex doll brothel. Because it's easier. And they also kind of base it on, well, such and such is having sex and he says it's not very good. Or yeah. my mom's always talking to, I always hear, overhear my mom talking to her friends about how bad the sex life is or whatever. Like, I could see that in like some strange world, but that's incredibly sad. Like, because it is easy to have bad sex, but I feel like once you get into that place where you are able to kind of be like, I like it like this, I like it like that, and you have, like, a partner who's, like... Receptive. Yeah. Then you can have amazing sex. And amazing sex 
is 100 times better than bad sex. Like, it's night and day. Yeah. It's, for me, it's like trauma v like this bliss, you know? And so, that's sad and I hope that never happens. But I can see that, like, if it becomes this, like, almost mainstream thing, it's not people, so it's, like, easier to kind of legalise. Right. Um, well, of course, it's, what do you mean legalise? Of course no, it's going to be I mean. legal. Well, no, you know what I mean? Like The government outlaws sex dolls. Yeah, like, they somehow make it, like, illegal, even though it's, like, sex dolls. Right. Um, that would be a puritanical government yeah but i can see that happening honestly i don't know that well not in you know developed western countries no i can see that happening for sure that's why we've got to vote out Theresa may i'm telling you <laughs> she's going to take away all our sex dolls God. hide them in the closet the um exit polls will be out now i wonder what i wonder i'm trying to hold hope that it's not bad you really shouldn't because the conservatives are definitely going to win hey I have a smidgen of hope, okay? A smidgen. We get a hung parliament and then there's like a coalition again. Good luck with that. It's going to be like a four-party coalition then. Yeah, well, as long as it's not Theresa May. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, so I don't know. But there's always going to be those people, like you said, who are very socially awkward. They don't feel very good about their appearance. They aren't able to go to social places like bars or meetups or things like that. And so, like I said, they may just get to the point where it's like, what's the point of putting myself in these difficult, uncomfortable, often failure-ridden situations where I'm pulling myself out there for rejection and embarrassment, trying to find someone to have sex with, when I can just have this other thing, which is basically like masturbation but it also kind of semi feels a bit like having sex with a person and so they may just go their whole lives feeling like why am i gonna you know bear the cost of this other thing when this is good enough and that's obviously going to create this weird class of permanent virgins who shun all human sexual contact i bet it will cost more than what like street prostitutes charge I Probably, bet it will yeah. be expensive. I bet it will be expensive. Um, but to some people, that's not a deterrent. Yeah, money's no object course, for some yeah. people. Thinking, speak like thinking about VR porn. That would be. I don't know how V. I feel like I need like a class in what VR. I, don't, is. I really don't understand why you're so confused. Do you just put the goggles on and then it's like you're in it. Like not instantaneously. Like, uh, you'd have to hit play on something. No, yeah, obviously. Yeah, but I don't... Listen, just imagine goggles in Mm. front of your eyes, Mm. two little screens, playing a video in front of your eyes. And and some of them, obviously, you turn your head and it turns your head in the... the, whatever you're playing or watching. So it's not always the case where it's like you're in it, you're just watching something up close. Yeah, sometimes it can just be a video that you're watching... You know, like it's more if you immersive. Have it, like as if you have like Google Glasses on or something. They don't have a video screen. Don't they have video capabilities? No. Oh. Okay. I feel like I'm talking to someone from 2004. Yeah. So, VR porn, it's not like you'd be in the scene. You'd just be like... No, there, there will be some where they film it with a 360 camera so you can turn your head 
and like but it's still always going to be a video it's not a video game so you can't walk around and like slap the girl's ass stuff yeah you're not in it but right now at least yeah so it's just going to feel more immersive than sitting in front of your computer (laughs) 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 you were so proud of yourself after saying that i was like am i gonna say it so okay I feel like I would be interested in trying, like, VR porn. But, however, I wouldn't... Also, when I think of sex dolls, I always just think of in terms of for men. Right. Or, um... Yeah, like, I think of as, like, a woman sex doll. Yeah, and then I think that's you clearly... can put your dick in it. But, like, I don't ever think of it as having the capabilities to pleasure a woman. Right. Um, I guess, really, it would just be, like, a sex machine dressed up... If you don't know what a sex machine is, it's basically I can't believe you're some this. kind of rig that has a rig, a dildo on it that fucks you. It you, makes a you thrust are, in motion. You are like on it, or you can be even tied to it, and it fucks you. Yeah, so it's like you don't have to use your hands. <laughs> that or was whatever. the most unnecessary explanation of all time. Yeah, whatever. So I, I imagine if there was like things that could please women. It would just be like a sex machine, what we know as a sex machine, dressed up as like a woman or a man. I don't right? think it has to have a mechanical element to it. It can just be a doll with a penis. But then you'd have to like fuck it. Yeah. But the idea is that you want to... What What do you mean the idea? I hate yeah. when you do this. Well, for me as a woman, what I mean then is if I have to go, if I was going to use like a sex doll brothel... And it was just a sex doll that didn't have any kind of mechanical aspects to it. I had to go and fuck the doll. I would rather just stay home and use my dildo. Like, it would have to be like a machine that fucks you that looks like a man or a woman. Um, But again, I don't really think I would go to a sex doll brothel. Would you? No, of course not. But however... I find it gross beyond description. Yeah, but however... But not actually just having a sex doll, right? No, I wouldn't want a sex doll. That no, I mean, no, I mean, creepy do you think mind. having a sex doll is creepy? I don't, th- I don't want to judge people, you know, at the end of the day, it's basically just a big sex toy and that's yeah. fine. But to me, it would be creepy. Like just sitting in the corner of the room throughout the day, staring <laughs> at you with so dead glass eyes. Turn yeah. it around like in the end of the Blair Witch Project, standing <laughs> oh up God, in the corner of the creepy. room. Yeah, to me, I I would ne- I feel like I could never possibly get past the creepy aspect of it and start enjoying it. So to me, it's just like a, yeah. a no go. Yeah, so I wouldn't go either. But however, VR porn is more interesting. VR porn is just like a more immersive way of watching porn, so it's not really that big of a deal. Yeah. Whereas. So that's why that's why people are going to make a big deal out of it, though. Well, that will become mainstream, whereas the sex doll stuff. I mean, who knows what technology? Who knows how technology is going to advance? And maybe if they get good enough, it will become mainstream. But you know, the sex doll things become so mainstream. It's like the cat cafes. cat cafes has there ever been a more obvious fad like all those people who have like signed a five-year lease to rent a building for a cat cafe originally it's like good luck guys yeah originally i think cat cafe and i'm like oh my god that'd be so cute but then i'm like actually no i just don't like the idea of like you're forcing the cat to be in a situation where they're constantly like 
being petted. And- petted and prodded and like fla- people won't care and they'll put the flash on when they take photos. And it really is just a photo opportunity for yeah. a lot of people. I'm sure there are some people that go because they like cats, but they, they're in a situation where they can't have cats. Um, and I guess it's good for those. But hearing about like when they first were a thing, like the amount of people that would queue up to get in, I'm pretty sure they would probably have more people in there than they should have. It just makes me sad for the cat, you know. Cats Um, like alone time. They do, They don't like noisy, busy places they can't escape. Yeah, they don't want this like forced... People are picking me up. Now this guy's picking me up. Now they're putting me on the table. Now they're trying to get me to pick up this thing. Yeah, and I mean, there are rules where it says like... You know, don't like. The I don't know don't if you care. are allowed to pick them up, but I, there, there's not going to be a person there watching the a whole time. A roaming security guard yeah. with a taser. Hey, put that cat down. <laughs> so yeah, it just kind of made me sad. Yeah. And yeah, so I, also I am very like conscious of like I'm pretty sure you know they would be you know have all the appropriate injections and because they're all just cats in one cafe that they would have been fleed to begin with so there's no fleas and things but i'm very like it's like when i see a stray on the street I, my instinct is to go and like stroke it because it's oh cute cat but actually because i have a cat i wouldn't ever want you to transfer want to bring something. something home yeah so i don't think i would ever go to something like that i don't know how we got into cat cafes but yeah what if like it became so mainstream that it, there was one on every block like a starbucks that it was did become like you know. Hey, dude, do you want to catch the game tonight? Nah, man, I can't. I'm going to hit up the Cyber Hooker Cafe. Yeah. On oh, 52nd man. Street. Where do you live? I live in downtown <laughs> Manhattan. It's so funny. They make a new reboot of Sex in the City, but it's just, instead of all these random guys that they're having sex with and talking about the next day, it's all sex dolls that they're sampling <laughs> across the city. What is it called then? Sex dolls in the city? You know, they better never reboot that. Because you know why? They don't need to. You can just make a show about women having sex and just have it be your own thing. The only reason to remake it is if you want to do all the same scenes and all the same storylines. And no, it's not happening. I will fucking pick it. I would like to pretend I was listening to that, but I was thinking <laughs> of names. And I'd like to present for your consideration Sex in the Cyber possibly sex in the cyber city uh, it's sex and the city not sex in oh, the city oh okay sex and the cyber no sex yeah. and cybering no cybering we need to do that could be like we need to have a round table sex. get a few oh, writers God. in work on this do people use Draft that it. anymore cyber sex i don't i think that's more like a 2000s thing yeah. like cybering what do people call it now sexting or just oh yeah, yeah. sexting yeah, that's stupid. Cybering is a weird way to put it because you're not like to cyber isn't a verb already. Whereas sexting makes sense because it's sexual yeah. texting. What does cyber actually mean? Does it just mean I think it just means like Internet? Virtual online things. Like cyberspace. Oh, okay. So yeah. Oh, okay. Um so yeah, where were we? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> this is—I I think there's an interesting argument to be made about. Right now, there's 
even though people say like you know young people are going to watch porn and they're going to get all these unrealistic assumptions and expectations and they're going to see this violent degrading pornography and they're going to treat you know their sexual partners badly because of it because it's kind of instilled these lessons into them ultimately there's still going to be that disconnect right now of you're watching something on a screen you'll know you're watching a pre-recorded video of something happening and so i think although some people do get affected in that way I would argue that perhaps they were already very easily influenced yeah. and receptive to that type of thing. But most people can kind of have that m- mental and emotional distance of I'm watching a video. Whereas if you're constantly immersing yourself, going inside the scene in terms of you're wearing the VR headset and you're moving around in there and you're looking around and it kind of tricks your brain into thinking that you're there to a certain degree. I think there is a better argument to be made of like the things that people watch in porn are going to have an even greater effect on their subconscious and their psyche going forward. Yeah. Like if you every day for a few hours a day, you watch porn with like these, you know, skinny blonde women with big fake boobs and stuff like that. Every single day, it's like a constant thing being instilled into your brain, into your memory, into your preferences. I think it's, much more likely that you're going to develop this sense of like anyone who doesn't look like that is ugly and gross and should be shunned sexually. Yeah, maybe. I mean, when I think of things like this, I try to think of to think back to my experience and what, like, I don't think I looked at porn at a very young age. Um, maybe because in the internet wasn't like a huge thing at that point. Um, However, I did used to, like, take advantage of, like, the little bits of, like, titillation that you'd get just on regular TV, like... The 10-minute window of glorious nudity on certain channels. Yeah, like, at midnight when there's, like, um, basically, like, ads. The weird porno channels. Yeah, but it would only happen, like, after midnight or for 10 minutes at midnight. And then there'd be those odd shows. What was that show called? Sex something. I feel like you're talking about Sex Etera. Yes. Because we've talked about this before. That was a weird show. That was, like, a half an hour show that was on late at night where they would, like... It was weird. It was, like... Talk about various, like... Sometimes it'd be, like on a sexual fetish or the sex scene in Miami or they would go somewhere and report on something yeah it was a weird show so you didn't see people having sex it wasn't like that but it was like you'd see people in various states of like undress undress and, and sexual congress yeah and you'd see like sex toys and things like that and if they were talking about a fetish, you might, you know, see. But it was mostly that. talking about. Yeah, the but thing. it was mostly talking and seeing, like. But when you're young, a young teenager, you're like, yeah, like you take any chance to kind of get that kind of, you know. And I remember being really young, and I'm talking younger than eight, and seeing there was this show. No, I don't know. It was like a game show. It must have been on late at night, but the women had like their boobs out. Like, the women, like, um, you know, kind of like... They were like the eye candy to one side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they weren't the contestants or anything. But I remember being really, like, 
Oh my god! Wow, Whoa. like you breasts, know, bare breasts. Chance to get to see, and if it got turned over, like if I was awake when I shouldn't be, and it got turned over, I would always want it to kind of like turn it back. But yeah, so when you're young and you take advantage, but I feel like no one's going to experience that no, now because dead. they will just go straight to the internet. Um, as soon as you get a phone or a tablet or a laptop, no yeah. parental blocks in the world are going to stop you from yeah. finding the most hardcore pornography that there is. And I don't think I ever watched, when I did start watching porn, I ever had those thoughts of like, yeah, this must be how sex really is. Like, I obviously thought sex was like that to an extent because it's sex. Like, there's only so many different ways it can be. But I never walked away thinking, yes, that's definitely how sex is going to be for me in my future. Like, But it's never that explicit. It happens subconsciously. Yeah, like, you don't think about it that way. Um I think if you just can try to be, like, really open-minded to how things are and, like... Because I also never... Maybe it's just because women are usually, like, the main focus, but I also wasn't ever like, yeah, all men have to kind of look a certain way. Like, maybe that's just just something oppositely that people experience about women. Um, And I never felt, like, like, insecure, seeing, like, females in porn. I never looked at myself and thought, oh, I I don't look like that. Does that mean I'm wrong in some way? Yeah. But I'm sure there are people that do. And I'm sad that that's a situation. Like, like, what happened in my life or whoever's life to make me kind of, like, think a certain way and then to make that person think a certain way? And why couldn't it have just been the same, you know? Right. Um, So I don't know. What do you think that, unlike sex doll brothels, what do you think the age limit will be? That's a good question. I don't think it will be 18. I think it will be higher. I think it will be 21. Why? Just because I feel like... You do start to blur some weird lines when you have people who are still kind of teenagers coming in. But also, I just feel like sex for some reason is just so taboo in a lot of places still where it's like you you can have a movie that's so violent and so horrible and so like someone's spine being ripped out and and strangling them with it and as soon as there's one sex scene that's not even that explicit it goes up to an 18 it's like people have like this really weird do you remember after we watched John Wick 2 yeah where Keanu Reeves guns down like 400 people people. (laughs) We saw that it got a 15 in the UK. Yeah. And my mind was just blown. And it only got a higher rating because of the suicide scene. Yeah. Like sex and suicide, basically. Those are like the two things that, for some reason, people just have like this really weird... Like sex. Sex is like a thing that like most people do. Unless you're like asexual... It's a thing that you do. It's also a thing that you do if you want to have kids. Like, I don't understand why it's this weird thing that people can't just, like... People are just so uncomfortable, you know? And I just... I really wish it wasn't that way. Well, a lot of that comes from, obviously, how your parents or your friends or your extended family handle the topic of sex. I guess right now the most like progressive option for parents would be to be like, it's okay to watch porn. It's okay to masturbate. Mm. But I feel like it would be really super weird for your mom to sit you down and be like, it's okay if you want to watch VR porn, little Jimmy. 
if you want to put on your headset and watch, you know, endless gangbangs in 4K. Yeah, Yeah, but... Go on, sorry. That's taking it a step too far in a way. Although I guess why would be the question. I don't know. That just feels like... Just because it feels weird. Yeah. Feels kind of gross. But it is going to feel weird just because it is your family. But I think the idea is that you don't let that weirdness get in the way of letting helping someone learn things or like... Like it would be really great to be like, you know, you've probably like already know about porn. Um, just to have that conversation of like... Not all women are like that. Not all men are like no. that. Not all sex is like that. This is a very exaggerated, extreme type of sex. Um, and, you know, if you go to the right places, you can find good, you know, if you, there are good, I'm finding a struggle. <laughs> hey, little Jimmy, there are good, use like, the resources. term amateur and all your tubes. Yeah, sites. like there are good, it is like if you could somehow be like to your kid, Maybe looking at like amateur porn would be better. This is the weirdest conversation. No, I know of all time. it is weird, but at the same time, it's like. Hey, little Jimmy! I made some bookmarks on your laptop that you might <laughs> want to check out. This is the right type of porn. Because at least with amateur porn, you know, for the most part, it's just like a couple who's gone. Let's just make a sex tape, and then they upload it or whatever. It's not like it's very like. I don't want to use this term, but it is very normal and just there's no like weird extremes. I mean, sometimes there are. Of course, the, there's, it's like anything. No, it can be a whole yeah, spectrum yeah, yeah. of different. But it's so easy to just find quote unquote regular sex yeah. if you just kind of search certain things. And I just, in a way, want to be in a world because even though it is uncomfortable and it would have been weird if my mum came to me and was like, yeah, there's this porn you can look at that's like. You just only got to say it once. You never got to talk about it again. <laughs> it's still super awkward that one time, though. Because because if you don't have that, you've then got to hope that like you either find it yourself. A lot of people won't, or you have like that friend who like knows things, and you're not embarrassed to talk to them about stuff. You know, because so many people lie about things as well. They're like, yeah, I'm experienced. Like, you know, and by doing that, they miss the opportunity to kind of like learn things. Instead. You kind of bond over your mutual sexual inexperience yeah. when you're younger. Hopefully, I mean, as obviously you think about my age when I was that age and then your age when you were that age, because I'm older than you. And then hopefully like the generation, the younger generation now and going forward, hopefully we'll just kind of get like more open-minded and more relaxed. That's what you hope anyway. I just don't want it to go like backwards with like ages going up on things. Right. And like, yeah, so I was thinking, what age do you think they would make the sex doll brothel at? Like the minimum age. I don't think it would be 18. Why? I don't know. I just feel like there is that kind of fine line of like child and adult. So I think they might want to have like a wide birth of it, you know, like. But there's no age requirement for masturbation. Yeah, but what, that was my point earlier. I don't think they're going to see this as masturbation. It is going to be more along the lines of like prostitution, even though there's no, not prostitution, but it's going to be somewhere in the middle. You know, and I don't think it's going to just be, oh, yeah, people go to this place to masturbate. Because they are going to be, you're going to, they're going to be like, 
you know, as lifelike as they can be in 2017. Right, well, that's still not prostitution. It's still just an object. No, I know. I moved away from saying that it was prostitution. I'm saying I don't think it's going to be as, like, simple as being like, yeah, this is masturbation. And so I think even though there isn't an age on masturbation, <clears throat> I think there would be, like, an age limit on sex topicals. Well, even if you would, like, say you were just going to open a sex club where people come and masturbate. Like, I, I think legally there has to be, like, an AIDS limit on admitting people in because yeah. it's, like, a sexual people having sex establishment. In the same place. So I think maybe it will fall into that category. But I'm pretty sure that is just 18. I don't know why you would think it would be higher. I don't know. I feel like it would be 21. Why? I don't know. I just do. They, I guess maybe they wouldn't want any kind of blurring of the lines but you don't need to be 21 to go to a sex club or a bdsm dungeon yeah i know but it's a new thing and they would want to establish it going forward yeah i don't really get that although there are some weird quirks right where here in the uk the age of consent for having sex is 16 but isn't it don't you have to be 18 to watch porn or buy porn or whatever how does that work? I don't think there's a limit on watching porn, is that? But maybe buying porn. I'm not sure. Isn't that the same thing? Um, like when you're watching a porn video online, it's the same thing as you buying it because you're watching it either way. Yeah, I see what you mean. But, yeah, I don't know. Like the sites where it's like 18 and over, that type yeah. of thing. Yeah, that seems silly. If it's like you can is... do these acts with a person, but... You can't watch it online yet because you're <laughs> 17. That's stupid, yeah. I don't know where this... I feel like this 18 and over thing, maybe it's because... Maybe that's American porn size. Maybe the English No, it's the different. UK. UK as well? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's stupid. That's really stupid. But that establishes at least a precedent for weird yeah. quirks in the age rating system. Yeah, that's silly. Man, it's gonna like you were saying earlier. It's gonna be weird because it's like, like you said, right now, if you're just a kid watching porn, it's not like the '80s where it was only like VHSs of like professional, you know, porn made in a studio, like yeah. commercial porn. It's like you can just watch homemade videos of like two real people mm. in their bedroom in a relationship just having sex just recording themselves so you can in that sense watch like quote-unquote realistic porn whereas say a kid like five years from now has a vr headset and watches porn like that's how they masturbate they watch vr porn like two random you know quote-unquote amateurs in their bedroom aren't going to have a 360 degree camera so the only vr porn surely is going to be like yeah. professionally made like commercially sold porn like the typical bright lights in a weird like you know some guy's apartment on the coast the malibu coast or like the beverly hills like you know the bleach blonde yeah. woman you know with the fake tan the guy with the eight pack and some inexplicably two foot long penis that type of thing. <laughs> so it's going to be like that hypothetical kid can't watch, or I guess will probably choose not to watch like the realistic amateur homemade stuff and therefore get a more realistic sense of what sex is like because they want to watch like real, you know, VR porn that you can turn your head in and stuff like that. 
I guess it will be like that until VR becomes this thing that's like affordable or or more affordable. Saying that you could say that iPhones aren't affordable, but everyone's fucking got one. I guess that's because payment plans and things. So I guess they until they become more like mainstream because people are including VR in like movies now already, aren't they? So I feel like at some point it might become this thing where it's a lot more com. It's not just rich people who have got it or like wealthy people who have got it. And obviously, when that happens, you'd get stuff like that. But until that happens, it will just be a case of yeah. like you know, yeah. So that kind of sucks for like kids of like the next five or ten years, not ten, maybe five years, where there's only going to be that type of situation. But again, I don't think. Is VR the only thing they're going to use? Yeah, that's true. But there's going to be a small subsection who are obsessed with yeah. that particular form. They want to use VR for everything. Yeah. yeah there's going to be VR fanatic 14-year-olds. Yeah. It is going to raise also some perhaps interest in ethical quandaries, the whole rise of VR porn and, like, you know, sex bots. Yeah. I keep recurring to that term. It sounds like the most it sounds sci-fi. Yeah. Um, I saw people discussing, like, you know, in the typical moral panic tones of, like, you know, revenge porn is going to have, like, this whole new dimension of, like, you could get a sex doll that looks like your ex-girlfriend oh, and, you know, sexually abuse it. Or you could make, like, you know, a virtual 3D VR sex video of, like, you know, some cyber mannequin that has your ex-girlfriend's face on it and it you know people saying like we'll have to redefine the boundaries of consent like that's going to be a whole interesting realm to explore people are going to take advantage of it in that way you're always going to find that though just like with porn there are like the horrible areas of it and then there are just the kind of like normal areas of it where it's like just two people wanting to have normal sex. of course is like yeah a very you know what i mean unusual type of normal in porn yeah. but porn doesn't have to be this like really horrible degrading thing it can just be like a learning thing or you know i remember watching videos of like it was porn basically, but it's like how to find the G spot and right. things like things like that. Um, so there are aspects of it that are kind of like you know informative um, and can be fun without any kind of like this is abuse or right. what did that poor girl go through to like whatever. It's consensual. Everyone's getting paid. It's or, clear or that no one's getting paid. Yeah, clear that. The performers are having fun. Yeah. It's like a positive environment. There's no pressure or weird, like, you know, vibes coming off it. Yeah. That whole movement now of, like, you know, quote-unquote feminist porn, where it's, like, it focuses equally on the male and female partner. It's more kind of realistic sex. Yeah. That type of thing. Yeah, so there's always going to be that yin and yang to it. There's going to be, like, the gross stuff on the margins that, you know. Yeah. But then there's going to be the more kind of palatable, not so mentally affecting stuff in the mainstream. It's just going to be, like, normal porn, but you're watching it through your Oculus Rift, (laughs) that type of thing. I guess 
another thing I saw was kind of like, you know, people wondering, say you're in a relationship and then your partner goes to like a sex doll brothel and has sex with, you know, with the VR headset on and the sex doll. And it's like, you know, completely immersed in that situation with this other person. The doll looks like this female porn star and he's watching her through the goggles. Like people wondering whether that's more akin to cheating. You mixing the sex doll thing with the VR thing. Yeah, because I feel like you, in order for someone to say it's more like cheating, I feel like you'd need both because even a sex doll that looks like, you know, some favorite yeah. porn star of yours it's still like it's just essentially a sex toy it's like yeah. an inanimate object but if you were immersing yourself in that virtual world like listening to it and seeing it and maybe there's like in some far-flung future way that it can make you feel the sensations yeah. that's more kind of like you are completely there with that other person i don't know that i'd say it was cheating but I might still be weirded yeah. by it. Just because it's like you're choosing to kind of go out, spend money on a sex doll when I'm here. Right. And also, it's not the same as masturbation. Like, But how so? It's not quite the same. Well, because... It's more involved. It's more focused on that other person. Even I'd though feel like it's it just was, a yeah, because I'd feel like it would be more like sex than masturbation. Um, you can masturbate for more reasons than, oh, I just want to come or whatever. You know, like masturbating can be relaxing. You can do it because you, you know, want to help you sleep because it's so relaxing or whatever. Um, you want to explore your body. You yeah. want to try new stuff. Sometimes you just have the urge, but you don't necessarily have the urge to have sex. So they are separate. Like, and I, th- I feel, yeah, I, they definitely can be very separate. And so I feel like the sex doll thing is a lot more like sex than masturbation. Um, because you could have just stayed home and masturbated, but instead you wanted to kind of like have a more, I guess, it's, I don't know, it's your way of trying to connect, but without actually having right. a human. And by choosing to, like, use a sex doll so that it looks like a human. It's like a body in front of you. Yeah. And also then to use VR. I don't know. I just feel like I wouldn't see it as cheating, but... It would make you uncomfortable. It probably would make me weirded out. It it does somehow feel like crossing the line, even though you can't explain how. Yeah. Like, it's... Because it's, like, this particular person that you have, like, singled out and went to all this effort and expense to try and recreate as close as possible the scenario of you actually having sex with Mm. them it does feel like you're basically broadcasting your fervent desire to have sex with this person instead of your partner yeah it's kind of like if you were to like pay to like um i can see the little hamster wheel in your brain turning as you concoct this yeah hypothetical if you for instance were like you found like a cam girl that you liked and so whenever you masturbated you chose to pay to see that cam girl that's not cheating however it is more than just masturbating 
because you fixated on this one real girl. Like, I feel like porn, especially if you are watching, like, studio porn. Right. Where it's, like, porn stars. There's this element of, like, it's just like watching a movie. These aren't, like, real people, even though they are real people, obviously. Wow. How dare you dehumanize these sex workers. There's no, like... It just feels very, like... You're very disconnected. It's like hyper-reality. Yeah. Like, it's so exaggerated and so depersonalized that it feels, like, almost as if you're watching something other than, like, actual people doing actual things. Yeah. Whereas if you take it to a more personal level and it's, like, just a girl in her bedroom trying to make a bit of money while she, like, masturbates and, like, shows you her body... And she may even at some point converse with you, like for money. <laughs> if you're lucky, for money, but right. she still might. That's very different. That's like entering into an actual thing with someone. You're interacting with another human yeah. being. Yeah, so that's more like cheating, but not cheating. But it blurs the lines. You can still lines. be mad at someone and say it's a deal breaker yeah. and not call it cheating. I feel like a lot of people jump on that kind of like. Like, I saw a discussion once in, like, a group of women about, like, their partner masturbating and stuff. And she was very of the, like, I see it as, like, cheating because, like, he's spending all this time watching porn and masturbating and I don't understand why, blah, blah, blah. And it's just so horrible and makes me feel like shit because I don't look like that. So some people do have this, like, stance of, like... That's very strange. Yeah, because, yeah, it is very strange. It's like your only sexual thoughts have to be about me. Yeah, that's... That's weird. When you get to a place of, like, realising that, like, not everything is about you or or if it's not about you, it's bad, that's, like, a really freeing place to be. Like, of course you're going to have, like, thoughts about things. Of course you're going to be, like, you know, everyone... I feel as well everyone does kind of have that. If they, if you are like a porn watcher, a lot of people <laughs> will term. have their like favourite porn, like pornos to look at or whatever. You know, they'll have maybe even their favourite like porn star to right. watch. Um, especially if like I, for instance, have gotten to a place where if I choose to masturbate, I have like three videos to like watch and i just pull up the videos i now don't even like there was a time in my life where you'd spend time looking for like the perfect thing and i'm just so i'm not into that right now i'm like very much like wham bam these videos work for me and they you know it's like a tool yeah it is it's like a tool um but not everyone's like that you know a lot of people will just spend time looking for different stuff every time they want to masturbate and so porn becomes this almost like activity that you're gonna do for like several hours because you know whereas like for me it's like less than 10 minutes you know yeah i get that that's like everyone has a different way of consuming porn if you do and a different way of masturbating if you do like it's a very personal very like you know individual to you Unless, of course, you and your partner are doing it together, which is also another facet of, like, watching porn. You know, often couples or maybe not even couples, but just, like, fuck buddies or whatever, will watch porn 
as to like, like get them in the mood or yeah. for foreplay or whatever. Get new ideas. Yeah. Um, it's also a good way of being like, oh, I like that. Like maybe we could try that. Like it's a good, easy way if you're having trouble saying to your partner or your sex partner that you want to try something or that you don't like something, you know. Maybe it's like you're watching like a blowjob and you're like, oh, I'm not really into giving those because I don't really have much experience and I don't really whatever. Like there's so many ways you can use it basically and you can use it together or you can use it separately and both are fun. Sure, that's true. I think we've run out of steam on this topic. It was a good one though. It It was was. interesting. I think there's going to be a lot of, like it's one of those things where I feel like no matter how much we speculate and now how much we try and dream about how that future is going to be, I feel like it's going to surprise us. Yeah. Like the way everything turns out, like does VR porn use become like a mainstream thing or does it stay as like, you know, this very niche, very like you have to really be into that space already and then you just do this as like a yeah. incidental thing. It's interesting as well to think, will we ever get to a point where robots or sex dolls get to a point where they look like humans yeah and they act like humans they can pass as humans it's interesting to think whether that will actually happen at some point in like 400 years or whatever is that cheating if you have sex with a sex android that like perfectly resembles and acts as a human i think that would be cheating that's interesting yeah that's a weird distinction yeah is it i think it's because the more human they get Right. The more you're saying, I enjoy spending my t- sexual time with this thing right. more than I do you or whatever, it becomes instead of master instead of like masturbation where it can be a separate thing. You're not saying usually when you masturbate, you're not saying I don't want to have sex with you right now. I would rather look at this and masturbate. Right. Masturbation is usually more of a separate thing. It's a different thing yeah, than sex. You feel like having you feel like masturbating for whatever reason. Whereas choosing to go and have sex with like an android or whatever that has its android personality and like looks very human and you enjoy spending that hour or whatever with them and you pay every week to that's more right. like cheating that's because that's like sex yeah. rather than like masturbation yeah it's very different man what a weird so, yeah. wacky future we have to look forward to yeah. <sighs> i feel like man I, another thing that occurs to me is the sense of shame that you surely must feel like after you're finished in the sex toy brothel, like the shameful walk out of there to your car. Like, because obviously when you're aroused, you're more like you have much lower like standards of like what is acceptable for you to be doing, like what is shameful, what is okay. But as soon as you're finished, like, and you're in the, you know, clear eyed refractory period you must just be like i want to be out of here i want to teleport back to my apartment it's like when you're masturbating and you finished masturbating but the video is still playing and you're like this is the worst thing ever like, it needs to be like voice commands yeah. close all tabs right now <laughs> like the sound and everything is just so obnoxious once you've yeah. actually like orgasmed and then it's a complete. It's so weird how the feeling can just switch like that. So strange. You suddenly become rational again. 
Yeah. Ah, but your feet are so nice and cold. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of chilly in here now that night has come. Yeah. God, it's like so black. It's like very like every so often I hear the breeze and I'm like ah. I can't feel it, but it's like even just the hearing sound, the sound yeah. of wind makes me feel cooler. I love the rustly trees. Yeah. It's so it's such a pretty sound. So yeah, should so, we move on to yeah, the Yeah, let's move on. The second topic of discussion. Yeah, I my, love it when you sing. My singing is uh not quite as good as And I'm Manfa's. gonna talk all around it so you can't get it out. Talk, 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 all around, all around. I've got my ways, don't you worry. <laughs> there's no snipping. There's a little bit no, of snipping. No, there's no snipping. They call me the vasectomist. The vasectomist? Yeah, because I snip audio so That's much. Horrendous. I don't know what to tell you. Okay, <laughs> okay so the second article is an opinion piece on the Washington Post entitled entitled you're like making a little pink hair mohican right now yeah. with your fringe i'm like um what's that sonic the hedgehog character the little pink girl cream it's making me think of her is that, is that her name i think so cream? yeah that's a fucking wet dream waiting to happen Keep him- <laughs> I, I guess <laughs> that's just her name like cream yeah Jesus Christ. I feel like you're sexualizing this children yeah, character. Maybe I'm still in the sex view of the last topic. Could be. <clears throat> okay, so this article is entitled Cultural Appropriation is a Problem. A misguided burrito car is not part of it. And for those who do not know about this recent affair, this historic debacle in Portland, there were these two white women who opened up a burrito car, as mentioned in the title, and were instantly mobbed with this influx, this flood of hate, and people saying, you know, this is not for you. You, as two white American women, should not be making and profiting from burritos. This is, quote-unquote, cultural appropriation, because you're benefiting from the, you know, product of a different culture. And this article, for me, was kind of like an emotional roller coaster because she starts off by saying, like, this is very silly. Like, people should not be expending effort, you know, hating on these two women who, for whatever reason, decided to go into this business. Um, like, that that's not something that anyone should be doing. That is just a waste of time. It's so trivial. It's so, like small scale blah 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 and I was kind of like oh she gets it she understands that this is ridiculous but then she turns a corner and she's like but the reason why is because we don't want to take any steam away from the fight against actual cultural appropriation which of course is a real problem in society and is this thing that needs to be combated and so for like I said for half of the article I was like I'm right there with you like you you see the light you're there you're so close keep going and then it's like she just runs off a cliff and you're like oh god you were so you were so close to sanity god damn it yeah and so I know we talked about cultural appropriation in one of the early episodes, but that was very focused on art. Yeah, fiction yeah. making and writing and stuff like that. So I just wanted to talk about cultural appropriation in a general sense, because I feel like every 
other day I see a new article about how someone has been hounded out of their business or their university or their show or whatever it is because of some alleged instance of quote unquote cultural appropriation, which of course, you know, people feel like justifies bringing the internet hate machine down upon you with full force and pulverizing your bones and making a tear out of the dust. <laughs> I feel like my stance has somewhat changed. Do tell. Cultural appropriation. I think, and I freely admit this, at one point I was very much like, I could see like, oh, a white woman who has dreadlocks and I'm like looking at it like, how is that a problem? Like, what does that mean? Like, Like, what does that mean and why does that offend? Like, I didn't understand, right? Um, and in my mind, it was like, well, it's not racist, obviously. Okay. So, are we just going to hate on the people who do appropriate other cultures because of, like, the past, right? Because of, like, the racism of the past. That's somewhere around what maybe my mind was thinking before. However... When I look at things like... Burrito gate. No. When I look at things like a young black girl was sent home from school because she has, um, like, her natural... She has dreadlocks. Well, not just that, but, like, she might just have, like, her natural curly hair. Okay. Um, anything from there to, like, they have dreadlocks, right? Or, like twists or whatever like cornrows there are lots of different styles that i am not like completely up on um but when she gets sent home from school because they've said her hair is like messy or not appropriate or whatever or a woman gets fired from her job because um have her hair or something i understand it more i understand it in a sense of like this is unfair people Pray like are giving like praise and props to like Chloe Kardashian for having cornrows, and then the woman is getting fired from her job for having cornrows. Okay. It doesn't make any sense. That's so I can true. Understand that argument. However, it's not Chloe Kardashian's fault right. that that woman got fired from her job. Yeah, and so I don't think the answer is that white people can't have dreadlocks. Yeah. Um. I think it's fine to acknowledge the unfairness of yes, that dichotomy. Yes. But you shouldn't be punished because someone was a douchebag elsewhere in a completely different situation. Exactly. But that's not like I don't have I feel like sometimes I feel like I'm unable to have like a full like I obviously have like my opinions on things and stuff, but then I'm also very aware that I'm like a white woman with like natural naturally like almost straight hair and that's like a privilege for like people or whatever so yeah sometimes i feel like i can't i don't have i can't have and i don't have a fully formed opinion on this and then it does kind of go back and forth between i am someone who thinks you should be able to do whatever you want to do 
you know, especially if there's no horrible intent behind it, you know? And obviously that falls under anyone should be allowed to have dreadlocks if they want to, you know? And then it goes back and forth between seeing awful things happen to people because of how they look and, you know, the colour of their skin and stuff, you know? So, but my point was, I think that's completely different to these two white women and their fucking burrito truck. Like, so white people can't eat, like, Chinese food or, like, whatever. Like, what kind of idiotic stance is that? Like, yeah, that's so stupid. That's really stupid. Like you said, it comes down to the intent. If someone is, you know, I would understand people's outrage if someone wore dreadlocks and pretended it was, like, their invention, like or, like, their particular subsection of culture had originated this. That's more, instead of cultural appropriation, that's, like, cultural obliteration. You're trying to, like, write out of history the, you know, origin of this particular thing. Or they, sorry, or they had dreadlocks and they were racist. Yeah, of course. But that's, the problem is that they're racist, and then it's just kind of, like, amplified by the irony of the fact that they're wearing something that's from black culture. Yeah. I get that. I understand that that's a different thing in my mind. And that's just more a symptom of someone being an idiot, someone being a douchebag. But this whole idea of like, you can't use or employ or benefit from or enjoy the products of other cultures, because that's not yours. That's ours. That's what I have a big problem with. To me, it's people trying to take ownership of things that they didn't produce. And they're trying to make themselves like this self-appointed custodian of these cultural objects and say, I get to decide who uses this. I get to decide who benefits from this, who gets to enjoy this and employ it in their life. To me, I can never get on board with that because, A, you didn't invent this. This was something that was probably invented, you know, if something like that can even be invented hundreds of years ago. B, it's like, why do you get to decide how this is properly used or like, you know, who gets to use this? Why is it you in particular? If other people from your culture disagree and say, no, other people should get to use this, why do you get to override them? Like, does there need to be like some kind of round table or some committee that decides, you know, our culture's exports are this, this and that, and no one else can use the rest of it? It's just so arbitrary to me, like the way that some people will say, oh, no, it's fine if other people use this element of my culture. And then someone else will say, no, 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 this is ours. This is them trying to take this from us. It's like, in my mind, culture is like the common property of all humanity. Like if someone else's culture has like some interesting thing that you want to use that you want to benefit from as long as you're not trying to erase the fact that it came from their culture i think no one should have any problem with that and in this particular instance when you get this hate mob that is like no burritos are from our culture a you can't pattern a random food like burrito B, it's not even like you invented the idea of the burrito itself. You came up with the recipe. You popularized it. It's like, no, it just 
originated in the culture that you feel like you're a part of. Hundreds of years ago, someone came up with this and then down the line, you feel like you somehow have a stake in it or you somehow have a right to decide how it is used, who benefits from the sale of it because of this ridiculous in-group, out-group thinking of like, no, that's ours, that's ours. You can't have it because you're the other. You're not one of us. You don't have the credentials of like my color of skin or my nationality or where I live or, you know, the language I speak or whatever. To me, it just feels like people trying to take ownership of something that they did not create originally. I agree. And I think you said it at the beginning, it all comes down to intent because I mean... Isn't it nice that people celebrate other cult like right. other cultures? Isn't that the idea? Don't doesn't everyone just want to be a part of the world? Right. Like obviously I know there are people that don't want that. There are racist people and hateful people, but are we gonna not share our cultures because of those people? Yeah. Like, yes, there are hateful people who employ people and then if they don't like like the way they look, they're going to... But that's not the norm, you yeah. know? If it was the norm that that was happening, and in some cases there will be like lots of... It will be very concentrated. It will be like, oh, there were like seven cases in the same city or 25 cases in the same place where it was... Of course, that's horrible. And there are things that we can try to do to move forward. There are also, like, rules that need to change. There should be rules in place where things like that can't happen. Like, clearly it should be against some kind of rule that you send children home because they have their hair a certain way. I don't, obviously, off the top of my head, know how to make that change happen. But at some point, the hope is that that won't happen anymore. But I think that's, like, a different part of the discussion, you know? While that's going on... What should be happening is everybody should be celebrating everybody. Right. Like, I know that, like, if I went to, like, I feel, I don't, I haven't traveled, so I don't have direct experience, but I feel like people are always saying how, like, they visited this country and everyone was so, like, pleased to share aspects of their culture and they may have even dressed in, like, certain... Garb. Yeah, certain, like outfits that like celebrate certain aspects of culture while those horrible things are going on the rest of the world should be trying to encourage people to celebrate each other's culture in order for like further generations and whatever to move forward in a healthy way and so that it is just the default that everybody is like great (laughs) that everybody is to be celebrated you know and that everybody is different they come from different places and there are different aspects of their life and culture that you can learn about and appreciate and celebrate you know not let's just hate on people because they're doing things that my culture does i don't maybe i can't understand that maybe i can just never understand it the way other people understand it and that's okay um but I think that's a completely... But going back to what we were saying, that's a completely different section, I feel, of the topic to this burrito thing. Yeah. The problem is when people do get that bitter defensiveness about like, no, this is mine. You have yours and this is mine and never the twain shall meet. Like you said, when people... Oftentimes, obviously, there are the problematic cases when people are kind of 
cheapening another culture by like employing it as like you know this kind of trinket yeah um but a lot of the time when people immerse themselves in another culture and they infuse their life with the products of that other culture it's because they're celebrating that other culture yeah they want to they want to exhibit it to the world them saying like this is worthwhile this is good this is worthy of being cherished and celebrated and all those people who want cultures to be like these very distinct enclaves like i said just a minute ago where it's like no this is bounded by like this impenetrable non-porous border of you have all your cultural things and we have all our cultural things and you just stay on your side and I'll stay on my side. It is like that typical tribalist mentality of like, no, we are this and you are that. And, you know, I don't want anything to do with you. I don't want that cross-pollination. But of course, when cultures do rub up against each other and you get those kind of hybrids of like, this is a little bit of that culture and that is a little bit of that culture and it's combines to create something new so much of what we enjoy in our society now is based on that mix on that kind of interbreeding of different cultural aspects and of course that would never have happened if at every junction there was someone who is hypersensitive looking for a reason to be outraged as like this performative look at me i'm so progressive i'm so sensitive to these like social justice issues we would never have so much of what we enjoy and so much of what is valuable in our society now i agree there are always going to be people that want to stay separate and sometimes it's for good reason you know things that have happened before or the lives that they've kind of experienced are very different to like what we know um but the hope is that the type of, like, mixing of, like, cultures, like what you were talking about, the hope is that it becomes easier to do that rather than easier to, like, separate. Yeah. And, like, I know we've talked about this before, but it is those people who spoil it for everyone, those people who have that outrage theatre on their Twitter feeds where it's, like, I need to make sure that people know that I am like tuned into this and I, I'm there for you. Like you've been wronged in some way, like your culture has been like attacked because, you know, two girls made a burrito cart or whatever it is. And they get people feeling very insecure and very kind of unsure about how to proceed. It's like, should I, you know, explore other cultures and maybe try and implement some of that in my life? Or am I going to be accused of like being this, yeah. you know, disgusting bigot who's just trying to steal this from a disadvantaged minority culture? It's like, it's going to create this situation where everyone is walking around on eggshells. Everyone is so afraid of being called out for like, that's not yours. Like, did you come from this type of family, this type of neighborhood, this type of culture, this type of religion? Like, no one is ever going to be authentic enough eventually. It's going to be like, you don't get to say who gets to use burritos because you don't actually come from Mexico. You're just a Mexican-American. Like, that is where we're heading. It's like, no one will have good enough credentials yeah. to assume that role of, like, directing who gets to use what, when, in what situation for how long do they get to benefit from it and that infighting is eventually going to lead 
to a very insular cultural community in each instance no one's ever going to want to put a foot wrong so no one's ever going to step out of their own cultural arena it's like in some ways we've swung too far around like we went from being like separate where anyone who wasn't white was like other right completely on all aspects of life round to where everyone is seemingly a part of the same world yeah it's a melting part of different cultures. And then we got there, and then in some aspects, it's swinging back around again. Yeah. It's like, wait, no, we're too linked. That's mine. Treat like, us as the other again. Yeah. Like, obviously, no one is really actually saying that. They're just trying to protect, like, I guess, the things that they know. And also, they don't want there to be any opportunity for someone to, like, take what they know and, like, have it be accepted upon someone who is white or whatever. I do get that. But but I think just because of the few that, like, have bad intent or the few that do discriminate against people, you I don't think that's a good enough reason on the larger sense to to separate again. I don't think we should... I think we should be trying to work towards inclusivity for everyone um things are best when everything is kind of intermeshed and everyone speaks like you know to some degree at least a common cultural language and then of course you have your own things outside of that but we can all kind of connect because of this central overlapping cultural identity that we all have um yeah like you said that overreaction of like jumping down someone's throat because of a perceived infraction in the cultural appropriation criminal code or whatever. That is unfortunately where a lot of people are trending because they feel like they're, and I use they're in very sarcastic quotation marks because, you know, like I said, you don't really have ownership. That's just a pretense. That's just you trying to assume control or something, which isn't really anyone's in particular. But people feel like, you know, other people are taking my culture and they're experimenting with it and they're changing it and they're modifying it and they're infusing it with something else. And that is, in a way, somehow corroding the culture itself. But it's like, no, you can continue to employ your cultural stuff however you want to and other people will employ it however they want to but it doesn't change how you get to employ it it's like he gets to enjoy it the way he wants to and you get to enjoy it the way you want to at the end of the day what it comes down to for me is that ideas and cultures don't have rights people have rights but a particular cultural thing does not have the right to not be innovated upon or adapted or used in a larger tapestry of cultural objects cultural things people who feel like no this has to be this sacrosanct unchanged unalterable thing it has to always remain the same it always has to be put on this pedestal of like look but don't touch it's like a museum exhibit it never gets employed in everyday life because we all have to revere it and pretend it's like this out of reach thing for almost everyone Yeah, I think we just keep coming back to, like, intent and, like, what's behind it. And, like, you said something earlier about how 
most people aren't trying to like steal that thing yeah. and say it's their own. There's no maliciousness. There obviously are some people like that, but you can't just say no one can use it because of those people. Um, I just hope that we will continue in the right direction, honestly, for everyone, because yeah. it's no fun, like, you know, not being able to kind of be yourself. Uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I think as long as people are well-intentioned, you have to give them the benefit of the doubt. And if they're doing something you don't like, approach them civilly and say, this is why I have a problem with that, or this is why this might be somehow insensitive or, you know, not respecting yeah. something that ought to be respected. But when you just turn it into this shouting match of like, I'm going to try and shout you down. I'm going to try and heap this abuse on you. And I'm going to try and do this character assassination where I say you're, you know, this is a expression of your internalized racism or bigotry or white supremacy or whatever the ridiculous histrionic hyperbole people use on Twitter. That makes people feel like I'm not going to listen to you at all then. Like there can be no possible worthwhile aspect of what you're saying and so then people just close their ears and they become very closed off to what the other is saying and then we're not going to get anywhere i mean i don't think it's up to anyone to be like you have to explain to me why i shouldn't be doing this but at the same time there's there's space there's the right space to have a, a civil polite conversation yeah where everyone can learn something from it, you know? That's true. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And that doesn't have to be, oh, why well, should I have to explain my um, my otherness or my, like, privilege or whatever it is to you? I think if people just entered into more, like, healthy conversations about what, what's going on and what it means and how you feel. And instead of just like, no, you can't do that. Yeah. Like, you know. Like you're batting a bad dog on the yeah. nose of a rolled up newspaper. Yeah. Yeah, no one's going to be very receptive to that. Yeah. And I think there needs to be some self-awareness from the side that is yelling cultural appropriation in terms of like, you know, you're looking at these two girls selling burritos and you're saying the people who originally came up with this food item had brown skin and they lived hundreds of years ago. And now here I am, I have brown skin too. So I get to decide what is done with this. It's like, yeah, that overlap doesn't suddenly give you ownership rights over this particular thing. Like I know there's that superficial similarity that puts you into the same group, quote unquote, but it doesn't mean that you're now like the executor the of the estate. Of the yeah. Yeah, I agree. And so we took the customary <laughs> after-second topic break. Yeah, you got to. We had to pee. Hey, we sit for a while. <laughs> we had to dance. We did a little tango a little in tango. the hallway. Did it, did it, did it start to play? Did it, did we don't know the words. I maybe know the words. We just do it anyway. I've just decided not to contribute. Yeah. Not to help you out in a jam. You saw me like struggling, and you just let me. I actually have a writing credit on that song, if you can believe it. I don't know. I'm credited as uh, John Smith. It's a pseudonym. You could have said any name. For my pop writing career. <laughs> I'm actually behind most of Katy Perry's back catalogue. <laughs> 
She contracted well, Katy me. Katy Perry's not fucking behind her back catalogue. Probably not now. Thought those words didn't come out right. They were close enough. Yeah. Hashtag close enough. What? Hashtag get closer to me, baby. Closer, closer. A song just popped into my head. No, I lost it. Yep. It was there and then it was gone. It was a phantom. It was from like the fucking 90s. It keeps popping. It's like when you have something on the tip of your tongue. It keeps popping. The only lyric you can remember is closer. <laughs> you can't remember a beat, just. Closer than us. I don't. That's all I can remember. Someone out there will know that song. This sounds like a song that only old people would know. No. And by old I people, I mean 25 plus. Mm. I'm desperately clinging on to the pre. You're going to be 25 status. soon, which is a quarter of your life, which means you'll nearly quarter be 30. Of my life. Let's face it. What if I live to be 150? Yeah, well. Then 25 isn't shit. Well, if I live to 150, then 30 isn't shit. That's true. It's all just little <laughs> segments. <laughs> we went in two very different directions. Yeah, we did. <laughs> that could be the name of our joint biography after we get divorced we went in two very different directions we're getting divorced i'm very upset to help book we sales we got married and divorced in one podcast yeah. i also it. drugged you and took you to the divorce court i wasn't awake just for parity pretty much i wanted that to be like a thematic continuity mm. that's not a good theme to have it is if you're trying to sell Drugged bride the hardback first run of our book our book, we're having a joint memoir. Yeah. I mean, I get all the profits and all the kudos well, yeah, from book Yeah, because I'll be fucking in a drug den somewhere, hooked on all these fucking things that you keep feeding me. Keep feeding you. Yeah. I feel like you should have turned down some of the pills I offered you. I was asleep. You, you were too me gullible. You drugged me. I was like, here, taste this. Does it taste like Rohypnol? And you said... What does Rohypnol taste like? <laughs> and then you tasted it and yeah. you're like, oh, I guess it tastes like this. Smash cut to 10 hours later, we're divorced. There's no smash cut. Let me tell you something, listeners. Ryan lives by the smash cut. They call me Johnny smash cut. He's always like smash cut to the fucking whatever horrendousness we've just been talking about. Yeah. I'm surprised there's not more smash cuts in this podcast. Can't really have an audio smash cut. Yes, you can. That's just when you edit Get badly and creative. it just... You know, yeah. doesn't really slide onto the next thing. It just kind of abruptly becomes a new Slides sentence. Slides onto your face instead. Like a face <laughs> hugger from Alien. It lays its eggs in me. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Don't wanna. We're doing feedy stuff again. Feely stuff? Feely we'd managed stuff. to escape the feedy urge for a while, but now we're doing some kind of feedy. I'm trying to get my foot inside your foot. That's... It's small enough. What? There's no orifice. There's no I opening. I could make one. I could smash cut one. There's no bay. What? Michael or otherwise. <laughs> Beyonce. <laughs> Queen B. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe we should move okay, on we to, the, move on to the, <laughs> the final topic the of discussion. Top. This will make approximately the umpteenth time that you've done that. Wow. Get used to it, bitches. How time flies. <laughs> okay, come on. Okay, so... I'm putting both my feet into your one foot. You're not putting them into my foot. I'm You're just putting them, them near my foot. I want to crawl inside you. That You've looked at me with the most crazed, <laughs> demented, wide-eyed... <laughs> sure. Okay. Third topic. Okay, so the third topic is 
something I've been thinking about for a while, like something an idea I've been toying with, but it definitely was brought into sharper focus by the Manchester bombing that recently happened, where this, you know, subhuman scumbag waded into a group of young girls and women mostly who were coming out from a concert and blew himself up killing like you know i think it was like 20 plus injuring 100 or something like that and i just in the wake of that i started thinking again about like mentally how do you wrangle with the fact that there are people out there that are so unbelievably for lack of a better word evil even though I don't necessarily subscribe to objective ideas of morality, but that word kind of seems to fit intuitively for people like that. Like, how do you come to terms with the presence of what we might call radical evil in the world today? Like, how do you accept that? And how do you think about that? This is a hard one, I feel. When things like that happen, like especially closer to home, like with the Manchester bombing and then the London attacks, so close together as well. I mean, obviously when other things happen in other places, it makes me sad and I've even cried at times, right? But I feel like when it is closer to home, it does hit you, hit you more naturally, I feel. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um... It feels more real. It feels closer. Yeah, there's yeah, because there's an element of like, well, awful things are happening every day. Yeah, but your brain somehow detaches itself. That's from somewhere that else. Knowledge. That's yeah. another group of people. Yeah, that's so far away, or you know, you don't choose to like watch the news all day, so you're not constantly seeing it. Like there are ways to like not see those things you know you can still know about them but there are ways to kind of limit the access you kind of give yourself to that type of thing well there's also just to interject very briefly it also comes down to how the news media covers one thing versus the other like it feels like every so often there's like a unbelievably deadly uh, you know some car bomb in Iraq will kill 80 people outside of a mosque. And it's like, that is not going to be reported on by the British press with the same degree and prominence of coverage as an attack in central London will, because they are a UK based newspaper or a UK based news channel or whatever it is. Like it just makes sense that they would definitely cover it, but they're not going to cover it to the same degree as something yeah. that happens in that country where they're located. But when, yeah, because when it's like a case of like, I might know someone, yeah. there, that of course takes it to a different level. Well, we lived in London, it, so it exactly. was like... It also, not just not just we lived in London, it was very close yeah. to like where we lived. Um, and with the Manchester thing... I immediately thought of my mum because she's been going to like, she's going to a Manchester gig very soon. And she has been going to a lot of like gigs and concerts recently. So immediately, even though I knew she wasn't there, I immediately thought that could have been, you know, you do have those thoughts. Um, 
so yeah so when it's something like that and it's so like right there like I remember we just happened to like both go online at the same time as it was like happening right. and both accounts the Manchester thing and the yeah. London thing it was like 20 minutes later as it, as it first began and so you're there kind of like so not only like most things it's like oh last night such and such happened or right. earlier today or two days ago something happened but it brings it even closer when you're watching it unfold you know and so all these things have brought these this evil as you said closer to like reality and all of a sudden it's like shit like this is happening and not only is this really happening but this is not new this is like something happening all the time and i have to face that now i have to face that right now because it's happening in the in in my back garden you know it's like yeah. it's happening down the road or it's happening an hour away or whatever it is and i don't know because when it when it's happening you're so upset and like distraught and like don't know what to do like for me i know like people react differently for me if it's something i see and it's like unraveling right now i will become obsessed with like following it i will like go on the reddit live threads i will constantly go on like the bbc updates right. and the guardian updates and i will see what people are saying and there's also some comfort to be taken in that other people kind of yeah. that aren't there having it unravel all before us we're all kind of trying to take some kind of like comfort in like we're all watching this together yeah we're and also like yeah also when like people in manchester were like you know if anyone needs a place to stay yeah. you take comfort in the small things like oh this person has like offered their home to people or it's really weird and like yeah so that's what i do in situations right, okay. like that and i kind of like try to i do try to like hold it in a bit because there's also a part of me that's like doesn't want to make it about i don't want to get upset and make it about yeah. me but it is incredibly upsetting yeah it affects everyone who hears yeah. about it and you wake up the next day and for a moment you've, you've forgotten and then you're like shit like that fucking happened and I don't know. I don't know the answer to like, how do you, I think it's worse when it's closer to home and it's easier to be out of sight, out of mind when it's further right. away. That's just the shitty truth of it, you know. But at the same time, whether it happened a hundred miles away or 2000 miles away, it still has that very strange, very disconcerting aspect of, unreality to it because it doesn't affect your life in any way whatsoever in terms of like materially like obviously it has an effect on you emotionally and you think about it but it doesn't actually change the way you go about your life it doesn't it didn't affect you it didn't yeah. hurt you and so to a certain extent i feel like it's it becomes very difficult to connect with in in like an intuitive way it's like it's almost like thinking about something that happened 20 years ago even though it happened like a day ago yeah it's kind of like you want to engage with it properly but ultimately it's an event that didn't actually happen to you or anyone that you know you're not really involved with it but that creates that weird 
emotional dissonance because it has affected you sometimes in a very severe mm. way like you said it can make you feel like you want to cry you can feel distraught you can feel like you know such empathy for the people who were affected who were hurt that you have that weird feeling of like how do i justify this like is it self-indulgent for me to be crying right now because ultimately it happened to them not me and so yeah there is that strange swirling cauldron of like confusion and emotionalness and like trying to make sense of it trying to understand and deal with like people doing horrible things is a little bit like trying to understand death like it happens right and you can try to understand the psychology of someone who might do that but because you like even though you might understand it partly, like... Like abstractly? Yeah. You can never... Relate to it. You can't relate to it and you can't accept it and it's going to happen. Yeah. And it's just a really complex, strange thing to try to understand and, like... Make sense of. Make sense of, Yeah. I think in some ways as well, you kind of have to allow yourself to disconnect because what what are you, you going to do? Yeah. There's nothing you can do. You know, you can't make people not do bad things. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can't make people, you can't make people not do bad things. And so you have to, like, accepting that horrible stuff happens I don't think even if people are like, I'm just not shocked anymore, because you do see a lot of that. Oh, I'm not surprised. Like, it's really bad that, like, this happened again, like when the London things happened. It's really bad that when this happened that I was kind of not shocked because it's becoming such a thing now. But I still think that people aren't really like that. They are still really sad and, like, surprised and, like, it's horrible. I think there's just a disconnect happening in that, you have to just kind of like, there's a part of you that's just letting it all happen because there's nothing you can do. And you allow yourself to have whatever emotion you have. I'm sure there are people out there that that ha- happens and then they're distraught for a long time. Right. And it affects their depression and it affects their way of life. But I do think for a lot of people, after a couple of days, it is very much like, back to normal you're kind of forced to move on because because, you have to yeah yeah, because what else are you gonna do if you try to like you know think about and dwell on like why this happened and what could we have done to change it well there really is nothing that you can put you know governments can have measures in place to try and like limit things but i don't think there's ever going to be this like no, we, ca- we we can't stop all bad things from yeah. happening. And so you have to take your... Just how, like... This is a different, deeper conversation. But, like, just how, in a way, you know you're going to die. Most people don't think about that every day because you wouldn't be able to function. And you can't do anything to and change it. And you can't it. do anything to change it. And so that's why I kind of related it to death earlier on because... It's just this definite thing. Right. And that you just can't understand no matter way, no matter 
how you try to wrap your mind around it or how close you are to it. Like, I can't even imagine, like, I don't think, Neil, you have been directly involved in anything like that. Anything as traumatic as that. Yeah. You just can't understand no matter what you do. Yeah. I think it's interesting the thing you said about how people almost, in a way, try to affect that posture of apathy, of jadedness, of, oh, yeah, this didn't really, you know, make me that sad or that shocked or whatever because I kind of expect it by now. To me, that's like a weird kind of defense mechanism where they kind of see having that emotional reaction where it kind of rocks your world for a little while and it makes you so sad and it makes you so kind of, you don't know how to feel, but it really like creates this psychological turmoil in everyone who is witnessing it from afar like because what is terrorism it's trying to affect people by instilling terror in them and so in a way i can see how some people maybe even just subconsciously feel like if i do become you know afraid or sad or angry as a result in a way that's like the terrorist winning because they are trying to affect all the onlookers of this horrific event that they have just instigated. Yeah, it's like their way of not letting the tragedy affect them. Yeah. And just putting up another barrier to, like, those parts of the world or whatever that that it happens to. Yeah. Even if they are in that part of the world. I do think there's an interesting question about when something like this happens... A lot of people's kind of knee-jerk reaction, their way of trying to make sense of what has happened and how someone could do this, is just to say, well, this was a mentally ill person doing something unbelievably horrific because their brain is broken, because they don't have a fully functioning, healthy mind. And I think that is, in many cases, probably true, But you get to this weird point of like, is someone who does something like this by definition mentally ill? Like, is that like, you know, is it that strict of a conversion process in our like categorizing them? Or is that just a way we try to rationalize it by saying a normal person wouldn't do something like this? Someone with a healthy functioning mind wouldn't choose to do something like this so there must have been something broken inside of them there must have been something diseased or corroded about the way they think about the world and the way that they choose to act yeah when i think of like people who do that kind of thing and i if i'm like if i'm either thinking about whether they're mentally ill or if i'm presented with that by like whatever news article I don't think, like, oh, was the person depressed or bipolar or whatever. Like, I don't think of that type of mentally ill. I think of, like, mentally ill in more of, like, a broader sense in that, like, their way of thinking has been changed, like, brainwashed almost or, like, something has led them down the path of, like, this extreme way of, like, like you said, looking at the world, that their view has been broken. Right. And they can no longer kind of, like, see through their real eyes anymore. Yeah. 
because everything else beyond what their mission is is a lie. Yeah. Whereas for everyone else, it's the opposite. And so I think of that type of like mentally ill where there's something, the like rational part of your brain has kind of been um, shackled. Yeah. You now see everything through the lens of a particular ideology. Yeah. But then obviously that creates a different problem in terms of if you're going to say there wasn't something broken in terms of their mind, they were just so clouded by all of these noxious ideas that had been pumped into their brain that they made bad inexplicable decisions that still in a way means that they were rational creatures and i think there's a part of us that doesn't want to believe that someone who is still making rational decisions quote unquote would choose to do something like that it has to be like they are a broken machine malfunctioning and just like crashing into the wall over and over and over again. Like, I think there's a part of us who wants to look at someone who would blow themselves up in a crowd of young girls and think they can't be the same type of thing as me, as like a normal person who doesn't want to hurt anyone, who doesn't want to do something unbelievably horrific. It's almost like they are a different species. Like it doesn't seem right that they should also be a human being because then how can the spectrum be so wide that on the one hand you have people who devote their lives to charity and who live to help other people and just have a normal healthy life. And then on the other hand, you have someone who's willing to do something unimaginably horrible, unimaginably barbaric and callous and cruel and vicious. I think there's just something inside of us, and maybe it's a kind of cognitive dissonance, a wish fulfillment of we don't want to believe this is true, and so we'll try and find a way. But it just doesn't seem to compute that that person is the same type of thing as us. Yeah, I know what you mean. Although when I said the rational part of their mind has, like, been broken or taken away or something. I didn't necessarily mean, like, the rationality when it comes to... I don't think... I wasn't saying I don't think they think they're not hurting anyone and they're, like, doing good or whatever, for whatever reason they're doing it. I meant more so, like, they do know they're doing something bad and in their mind it's okay. Like, I meant that type of rationality. Right, okay. Like, they do know what they're doing is, like, horrific in terms of, like, kids are going to die or whatever, lots of people are going to die. But the rationale part that I meant is, like, they're okay with that. They can still go through with that because of the way their mind has kind of changed onto this path of, like... There's still a logic there. It's just like a diseased form of logic. Yeah. Yeah. I think also it comes down to, as someone who doesn't believe that it's okay to detonate yourself in the midst of children, it's very difficult or perhaps even impossible for you to really imagine what it must be like to truly believe that that's okay to do for whatever reason in this greater context of you're doing it for X, Y, and Z, and that's what justifies it. I think people are more inclined to think like 
they can't really have believed that. That can't really have been what motivated them. There was just something wrong with their brain. They were broken. They were mentally ill. They were like a rabid animal. Like, you know, it's that weird thing where it's like, if you can't feel like you could have done this, even in like extreme circumstances and your life had been completely different, then you back yourself into that corner in terms of your reasoning where you want to be able to say, well, then that person can't have come to that conclusion rationally. And so I think that contributes to that inclination towards saying that they were just, you know, broken. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. That was a a heavy one to to serve as a capstone. Yeah, it really made me, like, think about it all again. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'd forgotten, but, like... Bumming you out. Yeah. Making it somber. But we've got to talk about important stuff on this podcast. I think it's good to talk about it because I think sometimes when you just talk about it, maybe like with your friends or your partner in your home, like after things have happened, you know, I know we talked about it, but we didn't really talk about it like this. We yeah. talked about it more like, oh my God, that's fucking sad and I can't stop praying kind of way, you know, and I can't stop trying to find out details because it's the only way my mind could comprehend yeah. that this really happened. That like... Yeah. Info hunt yeah. is very masochistic. And I know of, you're the very... Sorry. Of trying to find everything you possibly can about what's going on, even though there's not really many concrete yeah. details out there, but you just keep refreshing the pages, you keep reading the new Reddit comments, blah, blah, blah. It's like you don't want to disconnect from it, but that obviously is not very yeah. emotionally healthy. But yeah, so we didn't really talk about it like this, and I'm glad we kind of did have a chance to kind yeah. of try to... I don't know. The problem is that we there's no conclusion to come there, to. There can't be, no. There's no answer to derive from thinking there, about it. There can't be. Like something. you said, it's like those type of people who commit those types of evil acts, quote-unquote, it's almost like a hurricane or like, you know, a fire, a forest fire. It's like it's – you have to just – it's like an act of nature, like yeah. it's horrible, but it's like you can't, like, you can't run yourself into the ground trying to like figure out why this happened or to hate yeah. it. It's like you need to try and prevent it and save yourself and others from it where possible. But if you spend too long just staring into the abyss, you'll go crazy because there's nothing to be gained or derived from that. I feel like in a way we're giving them too much power by saying this, but also at the same time taking away some of the power by being like, it's just going to happen. Like, it's a very weird, I'm just happy, I'm, I'm just, yeah. have like, your brain conflicting is a flame. emotions swirling around my brain that are like, but, but this, but that, but, yeah. but I don't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the the problem I've is malfunctioned. You have, you're doing the robot dance backwards. Yeah. You are actually now doing the robot dance. Not really. I try. You did it. You know, fairly I've well. Used my head this time as well. You wouldn't win any robot dance robot competitions. Dance. I was just. I could win competitions. Okay. I guess no. you don't enter any of them. No. It's like when people say, "When I win the lottery, and then you you don't play the lottery." Yeah. So why do you say that? I don't know why they made me think of that. Yeah. The point I was going to make before you ended up in a giggle fit and sucked me into the vortex of your craziness, you just did like a little 
cheerleader, jazz hand. Yeah. Was it's so strange sometimes when people would look at what you said in terms of like, this is just going to happen. So you have to find a way to just deal with it. And they see that almost as like a defeatist thing where it's like, no, we have to make it so that it will never happen. And it's like, that is an unrealistic utopian way to look at it. And you're just setting yourself up for massive, profound disappointment because you have this impossible expectation. Like with the London thing, you have guys driving into a crowd in a van and then getting out and stabbing people with knives. Like they used a van and knives. Like how are you going to stop people that want to do that? So you definitely need to try and limit it as much as you possibly can with reasonable, acceptable measures. But just as like emotional prudence, you have to prepare yourself for the fact that you are going to hear about this over the course of your lifetime somewhere in the world something horrific is going to happen and you have to kind of emotionally prepare yourself for that you have to harden yourself you have to get yourself ready for that otherwise it will hit you doubly hard when you do read about it because you've pretended like this is never going to happen again you know hashtag never again but it is going to happen again so you have to ready yourself yeah i agree it's just it's just hard to like accept expect to be surprised to not be surprised it's just yeah shit <laughs> <laughs> it's not the best should yeah. we put it like that it's not as good as eating cookies and milk at midnight brownies you know when you wake up like you know sometimes when you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like you got like an excited yeah like, i remembered all I the times say. that i've done this recently and you're like still three quarters asleep and you like wade into the kitchen like stumbling and you pull open the fridge and there's like brownies in there or something <laughs> or cookies in the cupboard or chocolate mm-hmm. or something like that mm-hmm. and you just have like that delectable midnight snack I love that. that's so satisfying and so indulgent and then it's kind of like sometimes i'll even forget about it in the morning like i forget that it happened it's yeah. almost like this blip outside of actual time as if time stopped for a second so i could step outside and do this i had a period of time when we first moved into this apartment of waking up in the middle of the night like every night and having some chocolate and it was like delightful yeah Yeah. it's somehow all the more satisfying for the fact that it's like this because you're eating it half asleep as well and you so you're already kind of like you have that really yummy feeling of just like being you're just focusing on the taste and the experience like swaying because you're you're doing it right now but again it's like eating real high no one can see this yeah that's true so good it's like You're making cute little nom-nom noises. Yeah. Yeah. I always want to be asleep right now just so I can eat something. How about that? But you wouldn't... You're not asleep when you do it. You know what I mean. Next time you're asleep, I'm just going to slowly push a chocolate (laughs) bar into your mouth and see how much you like it. No, I don't think I'd like that. I don't think you'd like it at all. I want some brownies now. You've made me want some brownies. Oh, God. How good... How about this? Warm brownies with ice-cold vanilla ice cream. Yes. Just think about that fucking that's one of those meals where 
it doesn't touch the sides for me. You can eat as much of it. It's like I inhale it and I'm like, that mixture. Where has it gone? Of the warm chocolate against the cold of the ice cream is the best feeling. Yeah. Ever. And I want <laughs> it in my mouth right now. Someone's going to snippet that out. Yeah. No, no. Dirty. Don't dirty try to sexualize me. <laughs> you disgusting podcast listeners. Oh my Who God. do you think you are? Those brownies we got the other day were so shit compared to the brownies we get from they that other place. They were a bit place. too crumbly. Yeah, I don't like that crumbly shit. I like that. The ones that we get from that one place are so dense. Yeah. And just... It's like a black hole of chocolatiness. Just going to eat them all. Are you... They're smaller as well from that crumbly yeah, place. Yeah, they're like... Yeah, they're very like half small. half the size of the dense ones. Do you like when the brownie has like a hard outer shell? You know what I'm talking about? When it's kind of like crisped on the outside and then it's like soft and gooey and cakey in the middle would you say well that's kind of how i feel like the shit ones are they're like hard on the outside but because they're brownies they crumble right whereas like the ones we get that are like dense they have like a tiny bit of an out different type of outer than inner but for the most part it's like the same one they're all just cakey and that's the type of brownie that i like and then occasionally like if you go to like a restaurant and you have like a brownie and ice cream the brownie will be more of like a cake than a brownie that's fine too but, like <laughs> if i'm just gonna have brownies on their own no ice cream it has to be like those dense ones yeah with no crumbly bits because yeah, those are the best. But that what being you, said, well, I was just about to say, no brownie is a bad brownie. Yeah, well, that's kind you of are true. a brownie lover, though. I do enjoy myself a good brownie. I am actually, when we talk about like the brownie and the ice cream, what I actually really enjoy, I do enjoy the brownie and the ice cream. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'll have it right now. But I prefer like choc- like warm chocolate cake with ice oh, cream. Oh, yeah, that's good too. Um, but sometimes it's a brownie, sometimes it's yeah. cake, depends on where you go. Um, <laughs> but because brownies can't, well, I guess cakes can also be really different. Like I'm not a fan of like, oh, it's like fudge cake and it's got like a thick yeah. outer of like sloppiness. Ew. I don't like that. If it's just like sponge cake, don't right. fuck around. Just give me some sponge cake. <laughs> Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah, just like with the dense brownies. Don't fuck around with the crumbly bits. Just give me the brownie. Like, Give it to me now. Yeah. But I haven't had really any of a brownie. Like, I feel like you've had like... Because you were like a brownie lover. You've had like... You're different... really exaggerating how... how Do you remember... I have brownies maybe like... A few times every no, month. No, but you have different types. Like, do you remember when we were in London and you had that, like, brownie with the Nutella on top? No. Was that nice? You don't remember it? No. Oh, wow. Can't have been that good then. Oh, my God. That stall in that market. Oh, yeah. They did the biggest, fucking juiciest chocolate ring donuts. But the chocolate... It wasn't like the shitty milk chocolate that people are putting on donuts. It was, like dark rich chocolate and it was so nice yeah it was really big and i remember sometimes they wouldn't be there i think they came on like sundays and sometimes they weren't there and i was like how dare you you kneecapped the guy (laughs) you said you'd know what better be here tomorrow when i pass by they were so good i missed those should have like slipped him a little bit of money and said just keep some underneath the table for me each day they were so big yeah 
Uh, those donuts we get from that place, they were like twice the size of that. That's pretty big. That's like a dinner plate. Yeah. That's was, more of a hula hoop than a donut. It was so big and juicy. That, again, Why don't we have any donuts that's or That's going to be snipped out and added to the previous one. <laughs> Why are you giving people ideas? Trust me, they don't need my direction. Yeah, They'll if, figure it out. What if all our listeners are women? That's Not an, that women don't do that. I would say that's an impossibility. You think? I guess hypothetically it's possible, but like in actual reality it's not. It is possible. It's yeah. just not probable. Look at you, Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> okay. So yeah. yeah. It was a good podcast. I have to eat Ryan's brownie. There's no brownie for you. Brownies. Ice cream. No. Donuts. Cake. Chicken. You've so gone mad. <laughs> I malfunction. Feed yeah. me. Food but 5,000 <laughs> needs delicious food. Okay. Insert food into entry hole. Entry hole. And there's only one. It's where the sex happens and where the food happens. That's disgusting. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Think of the children. Won't someone please think of the children? Yeah. I mean, not I've while you're... I've got your feely pies again. Using the entry hole. Yeah, don't think of the children yeah. while you're using the entry hole. That's, that's, that's not sick cool. and wrong, sick and wrong. Pretty much. So, yeah, it was a good podcast. We're talking of the podcast. Oh, talking of the podcast. We're f- going to slightly change the format and the structure a little bit. We've decided going forward. On top of the way we do it right now, where we specifically mention an article and we talk about the article specifically, what it contains, we're also going to, like the third topic today, we're just going to bring up topics. Because some things you can't count on there being something that you read in order to connect it to that. And, you know, also sometimes maybe we'll talk about something we've been reading about online but it's just like a general trend it's not like one specific thing you can point out we just want it to be a little bit more freer give us more opportunities give us more options it opens it up to kind of talk about like more nuanced things as well that you might not find an article for so it's still going to be mostly the same. going to be the same. But it's just going to be a little bit more of a mixture. Yeah. And you won't have a saying, we read this article. At. Well, you will for some, but yeah. not for every. Sometimes it yeah. will just be, we won't mention an article in particular. Yeah. Also, our next podcast. Oh, yeah. That will be released. We will have another guest. We will have the lovely. Steffi Boo. My best friend from America is coming to visit me. In six days. Six days. Um, the countdown has we, begun. It has it fucking began a while ago. I've been counting down those days. Um, and she's coming for two weeks, and so we're going to do a podcast while she's here. So that will be fun. That will be fun. So if you enjoyed the Matthew podcast. And we know you did. We know you did. Um, He's got that smooth yeah. voice that you just can't help but love. <laughs> so she'll be here, and we're going to do an episode with her, and that's going to be fun. So I'm very excited about that. It's going to be fun for you because you don't have to set up the free microphones. <laughs> Whereas I have to try and figure out how to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, you'll get rewarded. <laughs> <laughs> you I didn't say, mean sexually. Well, you said it. everyone is clearly thinking as that. As you were prodding my foot with your foot and you looked at them significantly. 
I don't want any. Why do you have to tell all my secrets? I don't want any foot-based rewards. <laughs> Let me just put that out there right now. Neither do I. That's not my thing. Foot job. Oh, God. <laughs> the point of the joke is that it was left unsaid. If you say no. it explicitly, it takes Some away. Some people don't know. Okay. The nuance of the humor. They're gonna snip out those two yeah. and also foot job and they're gonna make some kind of mishmash. It's gonna just be like an endless loop of you saying foot job. Yeah. No, I don't want this. I think I said blow job earlier as well during the sex doll. God, you've given them a lot I've of material to Who's work with. Them? These sex Internet perverts. <laughs> Anonymous sex deviants, etc etc. We have some of those listening, do we? Undoubtedly. Yeah, sure. I feel like out of every a thousand people who consume something you put online, there's surely going to be one person who's going to do something fucked up with yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> fucked up. You just say it like it is. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we welcome non-sexual remixes. Non-sexual? No, just kidding. Of our podcast, you wouldn't want to see a sexual remix of our podcast. That would be kind of funny. I guess. Be Any kind of, kind of remix, as long as it's nice. Nice yeah. and good and nice and good. In our honour. God, we're so important. Yep. <laughs> okay, cool. We're at the end. There's things that must be read as you glance significantly towards the note. I mean, the uh, memory that we just <laughs> recite. Um, so, we hope you enjoyed this episode. You just gave the double thumbs up. The double whammy. Which, if you can believe it, doesn't translate to yeah, audio. Yeah. Please share it with anyone else you think may like it. Maybe make a big dramatic Facebook post saying that Steph is going to be on the next episode. Oh, my God. <laughs> they won't know who Steph is they or won't. what our podcast is. But, you know, Steph's a very intriguing name. It gets people oh, interested, yeah. excited. What's going on? Who's this Steph? Why is she coming on to guest? Where's she from? You've what does she mad. do? Et cetera, et cetera. New episodes of the podcast are released about two weeks after the last one. I know this one is coming out a little bit later than that. But let me just say that during the summer, we're going to be on a little bit more of a uh, when we can schedule in terms of, you know, we have to make sure it's not too hot or otherwise we can't sit and record something for three and a half can't hours. Function. Yeah, pretty much. So it's going to be very much based on when we can, but we are going to still try to keep roughly to that two weeks, every two weeks schedule. And you can find the podcast on iTunes and basically anywhere else that gives you podcasty goodness for you to consume with your podcast hole. <laughs> <laughs> Are you telling me you don't ram podcasts into your podcast hole? That's how you do it. That's how everyone does it. That's how the world does it. That's how civilized people do it. Yeah. Those savages that listen to podcasts through earphones. We don't how want anything they? to do with you. How very dare they. You can also go to artatpodcast.com, which is A-R-T-A-T podcast.com, which redirects to our SoundCloud page. And it is a very mighty and glorious SoundCloud page, <laughs> let me tell you. You can send any feedback or comments or Please VR do. pornography that you find particularly sure. thrilling and enticing to rtappodcast at gmail.com. And we will probably see it 
Maybe it'll get caught by the spam filter. Who knows? Roll the dice, people. Roll the dice. I will read every word Live 10,000 times. Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, which really helps podcasts. Please. Alternatively, you can just PayPal me £10. Either one is fine. <laughs> Preferably, you do both, honestly. Stop that. I'm telling you on the side that I'll give you £5 of it, but I'm actually not going no. to. You're just going to spend it on I'm going to keep it all. I'm going to spend it all on brownies. How many brownies can you buy for £10, I wonder? Uh, Depends where you get them from, I guess. 156. That's a lot of brownies. That's a lot of brownies. Although if you bought the ingredients for the brownies yourself, you could probably have a lot more. Mm, I don't think so. No? No. You think it's cheaper to... Because right now it's like a pound for 16 brownies. So you could get 16 times 10 brownies. That's true, I guess. Whereas if you bought the ingredients, that would probably be like £5. Yeah. And you'd only be able to make like 15 I forget that businesses benefit yeah. from economies of scale. Let's round this out by saying you can follow us on any social media. We're <laughs> probably called RTAP Podcast on whatever it is that you go on. Yay. Come check us out. Where's your podcast hole located? That's a good question. Is it your butt? That's... <laughs> your nose. Your I, tummy butt. It needs to be a high capacity hole. Mm, your butt. That's... <laughs> read into that however you will, listeners. I couldn't possibly offer No one's going to listen to us again, Gilly. They're going to think we're somehow deviant. This has been the deviant podcast for sure. You think so? Yeah. You're loopy right now because you're anticipating so the big meal we're I about to have. I'm a broken record. I say this on every single podcast now. But we do get hungry at the end of people three like, hours of sitting around yeah. talking. People are like, doesn't he feed her? Oh, he feeds me. We're just going to have like a huge platter piled high with brownies. <sighs> when I eat things like brownies, it really makes me wish I liked milk. Right. Milk is a good match yeah, with brownies. But I don't. <laughs> That's the end of that story. Yep. <laughs>